out of your mind? Here's the debate. You're upset. They're saying we believe you. This is I thought, uh, yeah. I almost, you know, what's the name? David Berlinski. David Berlinski. He's a, he's a, I know who he is. You know who he is. Of course. How do you know who he is? Because I follow this kind of stuff. Yeah. Because I follow it. Follow mathematician, theological philosophers. Yeah, he met with Zelensky not long Of course. Yeah, I know Zelensky. What do you mean with Zelensky? By the way, in the Ukraine. In that world. Why did we bring that up? In that world, David is like. He's in a man, we're live. We are live. Okay. Hey, hello. Yeah, so get your facts right. Anyways, today's guest, today's guest, today's guest, today's guest is Ethan Suplee. Um, the best way to describe Ethan Suplee is I've watched, you know, man, uh, what's it called? Uh, Remember the Titans. I don't know how many times I've watched. I've, how I've many helped. often do you quote Remember I've, the Titans? I, I told the kids, my boys, it was one of the mandatory movies to watch before they get to watch any other movies. I sat them down yeah. and I had them watch Remember the Titans. Dylan is in love with the movie, which is great. It's a great movie. But here, here's a lineup. You've uh, done movies with Denzel. Three. With Edward, three movies. Three with movies Denzel. with Denzel. Edward Norton in American History X, which is one of the craziest movies of all time. Sick movie, incredible acting. One of the best monologues, that yeah. one whole scene. Johnny Depp, uh, Leo, Goslin, Kutcher, Jude Law, uh, McConaughey. Uh, McConaughey. I can go on and on and on. I don't on. know if I worked with McConaughey. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, well, Wolf of Wall uh, Street. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Yes. Yeah, You're so, the Wolf of Wall Street, Leo. Yes, I forgot about it. And, 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 I forgot that I worked with McConaughey, you know, Tuesday. Ju- just, just this morning, I was sitting there listening to on repeat ain't no mountain high with my kid my kid was dancing i listened to it over and over and maybe we'll perform it today i don't know <laughs> but he's done a lot of different things but most uh, recently not recently 21 20 21 years you went from 530 pounds to 260 pounds lost thousand pounds give or take because you would lose you would gain you've, you've spoken about this openly and we'll get into that as well. But an absolute stud of a guy. Ethan, thank you for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Yes. The podcast started 10 minutes ago. We <laughs> talked about a lot of other things. Yeah, we're, but we're, we're doing it. You, you left <laughs> off. My name is Earl. That's where you'd see him on TV all the time with, uh, was that Jason Lee? Yeah. What a guy, by I the way. I grew yeah. up on that show. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. All the in time, Norway. All the time. All the time. 100%. In Norway? Yeah. We got it in Norway. We got fans wow. in Norway. Which is okay. surprising. Hello. Guten Tag. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we, we, we were working on uh, Kai on a different issue this morning uh, because of David Berlinski yesterday. Mm-hmm. David's trying to walk through the back, and Kai's like, yeah, go ahead. Go behind me. You're like, Kai, get up and let this man Tuck get through. And sit. But anyway, so it's, it's good to have you on, man. It's good to have you on. Good to be here. Can Thanks I tell you the crazy me. story? Yeah. I yeah, story? I want to hear the story. Okay, this, the story. This story scares me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's 1999. <laughs> no, it's, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm timing it because it's like late 2000, early 2001. I'm in debt $49,000, break up, girl, nothing's going right in my life. I'm thinking about going back to the army. I've been out of the army for like a year and a half. I'm drinking like you wouldn't believe. Like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to break records, and I broke a lot of records in the army, but I'm wow. like, I'm going all out, right, partying. And I'm coming back from, it's either Garden of Eden or it's Dublin's or it's a, a, a palace or one of those Key. It's not. Uh, 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 it's not the other one in City of Industry. What was that one? Uh, Century Club. It's, this is all in L.A. By I'm the way, I'm in Hollywood. And you live in L.A. To be and, clear, and I, I, I did. I, I would never have gone as east as the Century Club. So it must have been one of these. It other was. Places. It wasn't Century Club. So I'm coming up. And is it is it Fountain? I don't know what that Fountain and last uh, that that whole when you go this way you hit the five freeway. There's a Chevron right there. And I go to the Chevron. It's two o'clock in the morning. Maybe three o'clock in the morning. I am 
gone, okay? But I got to fill up the gas tank, okay? And I get out and I see you. I'm like, hey, and you're gone. <laughs> you were looking oh, you at see, me. literally him. <laughs> bro, he is black. I don't know what you were on, but I'm like, dude, this guy can't even walk straight. I can't walk straight. I'm like, you good? <laughs> I'm good. I was and, a mess. Yeah, so that was that was around end of 2000, 2001. I'm like, shit, I freaking see you everywhere. It's like, what's up, bro? I'm like, what's up? And then we just went on our separate ways. You that just proud it up for a yeah, minute? Or no, what? It was like, yeah, it was a 30-second conversation. And then I just, I'm, I left because... But uh, yeah, that was in uh, late 2000, early 2001. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if you were partying back then. That or not. was moments before my last trip to rehab. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was moments before last trip to rehab. Yeah. And the last one was the last one that worked. That was the last time. What I was different there. between that one and the other ones? You know, I, I, I don't really know. I think I think the the difference was um, I, I had been to rehab a few times based on like friends sitting me down or my parents sitting me down and going, we're really concerned about you and me going like, okay, I'll go do what you're telling me to do. And the last time I went, I woke up one day and was like, I don't want to do this anymore. This is no longer fun. What did you go to rehab for? Heroin. Boom. Like not even drinking, eating all that. No, I never went to rehab for eating. I didn't even know those existed. I think they do. I probably should have gone, but that, that took a little bit longer. I had to get sober before I could like actually work on my health and my physicality. And what was, well, I'm sorry, go no, ahead. No, I mean, heroin. Holy shit. What was that like? Uh, in the, in the, uh, in the earlier nineties, I was given Vicodin as a prescription. And the, the first time I took Vicodin, I just felt like this is my antidepressant. This is my, this is, this is the state that I feel more comfortable in. And so when that ran out, I got another prescription. I eventually started, they had, um, you know, storefronts in the 90s down uh, near downtown where you could go in and buy Vicodin for like a dollar a pill. In LA? Yeah. Holy shit. Um, and then eventually it got hard to buy there. So, you know, you, you get creative and you wind up like, well, you wind up, finding out that heroin is just like the best form of Vicodin and and it's much easier to get than Vicodin too, in fact. So that's how I wound up on heroin. And you're a full-on actor in Hollywood at this point. Yeah. Full-on. Yeah. Like not, you know, small roles. Like you're doing movies. Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. Ethan, is is it easier? Uh, was it the, the drug connection that it happened through Hollywood parties or was it no? It was outside friends, you know, other contacts. There were no, I mean. You know what I'm saying? Like, is the influence I'm yeah. hanging out with a part Hollywood guy? Oh, try some of this. Oh, okay, let's try. No. It. Okay. No. It That's was, more it, cocaine. Yeah. The cocaine is probably, I, I don't know what's acceptable now. I've been sober 20 years, so I, I have no idea what the kids are doing now. And, and, and I would be terrified to be entering into drug use now with the amount of overdose there is with fentanyl mixed in with everything. Like, that scares the shit out of me. Um, but I never. Went, walked into people doing heroin at a party. It was it was pretty taboo. Yeah. It, it, but by the way, just just out of curiosity, what was harder to do? Was it was it tougher to give up uh, the heroin, or was it tougher to lose the weight? Which one was tougher? And were both motivations the same? Is it like fear of death? Is it is it a girl in your life? Is it family? Is it I just got to change? Is it a spiritual moment? What what was it? What were the differences? Well, I I I, th- I, th- I think about it in different ways. I think that um, drugs are not easy to give up. 
but it's a kind of a black or white thing for me. And this is not necessarily for everyone, but for me, I am a, a, an addictive person. So I have to be all or nothing. I'm either using drugs and very quickly heading to death or I'm not. And I'm very quickly heading to a healthier, happier life. You can't dabble at all. You're a zero I, or a hundred. That's just your yeah, DNA. No, I don't have a glass of wine on New Year's or anything like that. The, the, the problem with stuff like heroin is, and it's not super widely, widely talked about, is like the thing that I liked about it was it actually changed my brain chemistry, right? So whatever um, a sense of happiness you get from... Uh, succeeding at a goal you set for yourself or or anything, right, is now being given to you by this drug. So when you stop taking it, your body doesn't know how to do that. So I was, you, you have these ex-junkies who are perpetually depressed for years. It takes a long time for your body to get back to normal. It's not just like get it out of your system and you're fine, right? You're constantly thinking my happiness, whether it's... Uh, subliminal or 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 you know you might not be having these these thoughts analytically but the the sense is like I cannot function like a normal person without this stuff because your body doesn't react any longer like a normal person so it takes a long time to build those systems back up the difference with food is you can't be black or white you cannot just quit eating you have to eat or you're going to die right so it's actually way more complicated. It's a lifetime uh, process. There is no goal that I get to this weight and I'm done. That does not exist for me with food. And while I, I, I want to think about drug use also as a lifetime process, it gets to be so, as long as you're not doing it, you know, I'm not, my wife drinks alcohol. I am never tempted to have a glass of wine with her ever. I wouldn't go sit in a bar by myself. I wouldn't do that. I'm not going back to some dude's hotel room to watch him do cocaine. That's not something I would ever put myself in that situation, right? But I have to eat. And so every night while I'm eating and I'm regulating what I'm eating, there is that thing that's, you know, under the surface of like, put more oil on it, put more sugar on it, you know, d double your portion. So that's a that's a more difficult thing i think to deal with long term have you have you gotten it to a point where food is now just it's not you know like yesterday we were eating with uh, david berlinski i take him to casa d'angelo and i'm <laughs> like uh, so what's your favorite food i eat the same thing every day that can't be no i eat the same thing every day what do you eat for breakfast two you, egg whites two egg whites and and uh, sometimes so what do you eat for lunch i eat uh, you protein know bar, protein nothing. whatever and i would eat for a uh, uh, dinner Burger Cook up every a hamburger. Day. I said every day. He says Could I eat care this. Care less what he ate at all. We're, we're at the nicest Italian restaurant. We what do you want? I don't care. Octopus. I've never had it before. You've never had octopus. You're 80 years old. He lives never. in Paris. Yeah. Said, no, I, <laughs> so, I don't eat any of the cuisine. So, so has food for you? Because one connection some people make that I, that I it's I, I think it's very interesting. You know, so I'm, like, oh, I'm a foodie. Oh, you know, oh my god, oh, we gotta go eat some sushi. We gotta go eat some. And the is like, yeah, food is not one my method of entertainment. Food is not no longer for me. Like I'm looking forward to it. It's just what my body needs to eat, and it's become very regimented. 
Is that the distinction you had to make? That's what I try to do. Now, listen, I too love to eat. And I think that as I got healthier and tried to take more responsibility with how I interact with food, I became way more interested in very specific types of food. Like I flew to um, China once to eat Peking duck at this little uh, Lu Quan roast duck. It's in an alley and it's like the the best Peking duck on earth apparently like I've done stuff you just like went that. to China for that to eat come duck. on and I got the duck I'm out y'all well, you know and then I <laughs> I also ate you know skewered scorpions that were fried on the street and stuff like that like I'm interested in food in that way but it, there's I'm you know the thing I've the thing I've also found is I, I do eat mostly the same stuff right all the time. I always have whey protein and water for breakfast. That is what I eat for breakfast every day. And water. And milk. water, not yeah. milk. Although I will say there's this new um, Fairlife protein drink that's 30 grams of protein, and I think it is made with milk, and I believe whey protein comes from milk, so there's that. But I don't put almond milk or anything like that in my protein with my protein powder. Um you know, moderation, I think, is the key to winning for the rest of my life. So I don't want to cut off everything and say, you know, if I'm in Rome, I'm not going to eat the pasta dish that I love, right? I, I can't do that, but I'm going to have that one time, mm -hmm. and then the rest of the time that I'm in Rome, I'm going to eat the way I eat normally, which is fish or meat and vegetables, for, what's, for what's the your, most part. What's your favorite food? Like if you were to say my favorite, favorite food is like I would say it's gourmet sabzi. It's a Persian stew. What's your favorite food? I mean, if I was going to say my favorite Iranian food, I would say tadik. Oh. I, and I would want something really juicy to pour yeah. on it. You know what I mean? You ever like, been to Rafi's know. place? Is that in Glendale? Yeah. 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 The owner is my best man at my wedding. Really? Yeah. It's great food. Yeah. Phenomenal food. Yeah. yeah. The best. Yeah. So what's your favorite though? What's your favorite food? Uh, my favorite is tied up somehow with this uh, memory of when I was five and I showed up at my grandparents' house in Vermont and they said, God, you're so fat. You're going on a diet. And then my grandfather cooked what I remembered being my favorite meal, which was lasagna. And they gave me a paper thin slice. And so for the rest of my life, I was like, that's my favorite. <laughs> I don't think it really is. You so know at what I five mean? years old, because I've read this before, that you're, you're uh, that it's kind of triggered where you're at with all your weight loss. I don't. What, what was I don't want to blame them. I just. Thought, I don't think they. I don't think they really. You know, th their intentions were good and clean. Mm -hmm. But you know, also honestly, if they were the same age today and looked at the landscape of childhood obesity, they would have been like, "You are fine." How how heavy I was at five. I was a chubby five year old. I wasn't yeah. an obese five year old, but they were shocked at my appearance and put me on this crazy diet, and then convinced my parents to put me on diets for the rest of my adolescence. I, I would say my favorite food, the food that I've eaten the most in the past ten years, is Lebanese. Lebanese is my favorite food. Lebanese. It's very clean. You can get a healthy meal. Mm. It's not got a bunch of other garbage in it. I saw the the three hour podcast that you did with Rogan. Yeah, and the first hour you guys just went in on food and dishes and this and and Pat just literally had how many dinners did you have with Rogan this <clears throat> past weekend? That we were together for uh, Friday night and Saturday night to like four o'clock in the morning. Steak dinners yeah. though, 
Cal Ford Steakhouse. Oh, my. And we ate like at 3 in the morning. So imagine eating a fat steak at 3 o'clock. Like that's not that's, that's the taboo. worst thing you can do when we went to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you, you guys went off about how he said I could just eat steak. And vegetables, and that's it. I'm good to go. Yeah. But pasta, like we had pasta and steak last Milky. night. At, um, well, yeah, yeah. But see, there's even there's a there's a universe now that the the landscape of of diets and diet fads gets really crazy. So for a long time, I was convinced if I just don't eat carbs, I'll lose weight and I'll be fine. But it got to the point where because I can overeat, and and that is really my predilection is to overconsume. Mm. I'll overeat steaks. I'll eat. 5,000 calories in a steak and only burn 3,000 calories that day and actually gain weight. So that's not that's not a good um, solution for me. So is it more important to portion control for, or eat healthier? For me. Okay. There could be a guy who's out there who won't eat 5,000 calories in steaks yeah. and all he has to do is cut carbs out of his diet and he'll be that's fine. Me, that's bro. possible. And you see this kid over here on your left? That guy carb loads. Right. Like he's like, Norwegian. he, like he eats like a bread. sandwich with the bread as the as the meat and then more bread. I'm yeah. like, what are you doing? With he all gets the club sandwich and removes the turkey. Exactly. <laughs> Talk some sense to this guy. Half turkey, half turkey. When you're 23 years old, that works. Sure. When you're 33, you're going to be a fat ass. So I got to enjoy it while I can. Unbelievable. You got to enjoy it while you can. Carb load. That's true. Right on. So, so go, back, go back to, you know, we were saying like the motive, because I feel like, you said something. I had a friend of mine. And by the way, we had the Kevin Farley here last week, Chris Farley's uh, brother. Yeah. And obviously, we know what happened with Chris. He was also heroin. And they tried to get to him over and over and over again. And then they eventually couldn't. 33 yeah. years old, boom, it's done. And we lost one of the greatest uh, of all time. But what was... Because I had a friend that went through it. And we talked about it with Kevin. And his deal was Vicod. And he couldn't give it up. But he was taking 25 to 50 a day. It wasn't yeah. like he was taking one or two. He's taking 25. I've seen him take 10 like this and just put it in his mouth like it's candy, right? He was doing that. Uh, and he couldn't go without it. He was addicted to it. We took him to a Tarzana rehabilitation center. You know which one? Um, uh, uh, there's a Tarzana re rehab center. And uh, he had to go through for two weeks. Came out. He was good. Boom. A week later, he's reading the Bible. Relapsed. Done. And we get the phone call. And uh, the rest Who is that you're talking about? It's a good friend of mine. Okay. My you're best friend of the world. Talking, yeah. My best friend in the world. Anyway, so, but but the point is, I kept trying to get his motive, and it has to be him. It has so, to be So, so he was, he was marrying a girl that he loved. I'm like, do you love, is the love that strong that you're willing to change for her? I don't know if it was. You know, he had reasons with his dad and his mom. He had a brother, you know, I'm like, maybe career, maybe identity, maybe it's what, what, like, we took him to church to see maybe churches, because, you know, a lot of times it's church. A lot of people have given up a lot of drugs and alcohol because of a, a, a connection. They had spiritual connection to Catholics, Mormonism, Scientology, Christian, Jude. It doesn't matter. There's so many great stories. Even Scientology has that one place in, in, uh, uh, what do you call it? The Arrowhead. I think it's Arrowhead, right? Like uh, uh, where there's a facility there that you're going through uh, drugs or rehab that you go through, and it's actually very effective. I've heard it from a lot of different people that it's worked for them. But there has to be something on the individual, right? Nobody can impose. You say you better get it done. What's the matter with you? Going to kill yourself? That's not going to work. What What was your? So I, I you know, it, it's hard to say because in this conversation you have people who are listening who are going like, I know a guy who I need that guy to have whatever I had. And I just don't know if there's a formula to create that in an individual. I think it's possible to present 
data and solutions and like when you're ready, we're here. You know, I, I've got I've got a plan that you can follow. But I, I do believe until the individual is ready themselves. I had multiple interventions run on me. It n nothing. I, I, I would go to sleep at night for for a couple of years believing I was going to die in my sleep and was just like, well, that's what it is. And none of that changed. And I woke up one day and was just I, I, I was in need of change. I, I woke up and I could not exist the way I was existing anymore. And I'm so thankful that I didn't die before that day happened. And then likewise, food and, and that health and my weight was another thing that like no matter what evidence people presented to me and what solutions were presented to me, I, I didn't change until I was ready to change. Having been a drug addict and uh, morbidly obese. I've had many parents say we need help with our kid and this and that. And and there was a period in time where I would go and talk to people and talk at schools and stuff like that. And here and and I'm happy to talk and share my experience. But sitting down with one on one and and trying to convince them to change that I've always had failures with. I, I just and I've always seen failures with this. I don't know that it's possible to convince somebody to change until they're ready to change. Now, that's not to say somebody comes and says, I'm ready to change, and you go, great, I can help you, right? That's possible, but I have not seen a lot of success with, like, we need to we need to handle this guy. We need to fix. Oh, him. I, I totally agree with you. No, what I'm I'm not asking that. What, what I'm asking what, what it was exactly. Yeah, I, no, what I'm asking is like if. So for me, what I've seen is it's a girl. You're in love with a girl. That changes, right? It's a, a a loss of a loved one. You lose a parent. You lose somebody. You're like, dude, I got there's or like for me, my biggest like how I change, dude. If you would if you had asked my. My, my counselor in high school said, I feel sorry for your dad having heart attacks, but I would also have heart attacks if I had a son like you. The, in high school, there is n there's not a single soul that said I was going to amount to anything in life, right? So I'm not the guy that's supposed to win. So the only guy that said, listen, you're not a guy that's going to do anything with your life. Why don't you go join the Army? A guy named Jesus Guerrero. Like he was a recruiting station down from Glendale High School because I went to Glendale High School. So he was right off of Colorado and Verdugo. Jesus said, hey, Pat, I think you need to join the Army. You got a uniform. You got something to do. You're going to travel. They're going to pay for it. You're going to be able to get the hell out of here. I'm like, oh, that's the selling point to me. The selling point was you can get the hell out of here and just go. And I'm like, I'm in, right? I went in. Then I got out, and I'm still, you know, I'm, you know, determined to make money. I got dreams. I want to do stuff. I'm a performer. I'm not like a guy that's sitting around not doing shit. But my dad had the heart attack. I went to the hospital. I saw my dad on his deathbed. He lost 40 pounds, and they kicked me out of the hospital because they were not treating him good. And the lady's like, who are you? Who do you think you are? This is a government. You're not paying. Taxpayers are paying for this. Did you pay for this? I'm sorry. You can't talk to us like that. They came and they kicked me out of the place. I'm in, in the car, my four focus. I'm tr crying like a little baby. And it's as if like this, the next day I'm, like, I'm a whole different human being. I came to work and it was done. I went working 80 to 100. I said, I'm not going to stop till that guy doesn't have to worry about a single thing about money. And it was game over. 
It's a 180 human being, one minute to the next minute. My friends would call and we'd go out and say, we missed the old pad. And I said, dude, I don't miss the old pad. I like the new pad. So you can reminisce about the old pad. That guy ain't coming back. I'm committed to this. But it was a moment with my father. And I've seen this happen with a lot of people in my life. I'm 43 right now. You're 1976, May 25th or May 26th. You're 25. 25. So, yeah. so I'm 43. So I, you see at 43, you see different things on what causes people to change. What was yours? For for. And I and I probably don't make it long term with the drugs without my wife also, like in fairness. But it the the biggest change I saw was me getting a taste of what my life could be like with my wife, who's now my wife. She wasn't my wife then and wanting it to be better. And that was it. That was all it took for me to go like, oh, I'm never I'm never turning back. Go. Yeah. So how long, how long have you been like with her? 20 years. It seems and like you were, you, I'm just sorry, you were way bigger when you met her. Yeah. I met her when I was 16. Fell in love with her when I was 16. Was in the friend zone for a long time. And finally we started to have a relationship. And it was like the moment we started to have a relationship, I went, oh my God, I want to make sure this lasts. How do I make sure this lasts? What's the, what's the thing I can do to be the best partner to her I can possibly be? And that was the biggest change I could make. So it seems like it was. And uh, once that, like the kind of connection really happened, boom, like, like yeah. almost like Pat's story with his dad, you, I feel bad relaying that because I can't lend people my wife to inspire them. You know what I mean? Like oh, that's, oh, but, but that's not, but that's not how I process it, bro. I, the way I process it is, is, um, you know, this, the same goes uh, the other way. Like, you know, uh, uh, Chas Palminteri, there's a video that's going viral with Chaz, and then Kevin Hart posted it, and it's a sick video. He said, and I shared it on Instagram today. He said, you know, in life, you know, you can you can try so hard if you're a winner to get your friends to win. You can do it. You can do it. Come on, blah blah blah. He says you can put all your energy. If that guy doesn't want to do it, you can't do shit for that guy. He said, however, however, he said a great person trying to lift somebody that has no desire won't work. He said, however, a person with potential who has the potential, a bad person can definitely demotivate you and pull you down to their level. That is effective with everybody, right? So Crabs in a bucket. But, but, but the point is, I think, you know, finding the right person that you say, I'm going to do it for this person, or finding a motivation that's going to be for that person, there is a message there. There is a message to, you know, say, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it for this person. Because some, sometimes some personalities we are more like, you know how there's guys that like to fight? And then there's guys that like to stop fights. You know, there's guys that are like, hey, what'd you say? Come on, let's go. Let's go. And then there's guys like, I'm sorry, did you touch my friend? You touch my friend? Are you out of your, you're, you're, you hit him? And then boom, you're fighting for somebody, right? The flat carrier mentality uh, uh, of people, if they have that, they need to have something to fight for yeah. themselves. I, I don't know if that makes sense or no, not. No, it does like, totally. Yeah. And I like what you said about having a church, having a support group, finding a group of people that are like-minded. So if you if you are alone, if you are struggling with getting motivated, I think there are groups out there that you can go and become a member of, even if it's just a gym. And you're like, I'm saying hi to that dude every day, and that's who I'm going to be accountable. I don't know their name. It's crazy. I don't know anything. Yeah. But I want to see. I want to make contact with that person, say hello, and we're both going to nod, and we're going to know we're doing this together to some degree, right? I, I do agree. I don't mm -hmm. think we're 
you know, no man is an island. There's a beautiful poem, no man is an island. And basically it's like, no matter, and I believe in, in individualism. I am an individualist for sure. But that said, none of us function on our own. We're all connected to other people. And there's a symbi symbiotic relationship that we have with other people, no matter what. That's how we are succeeding and surviving and all of that. Yeah, let, me, let me add one thing about Chaz. You good? No, no, I'm good. Um, you're choking up? It's water. Um, so for you, your motivation was your dad, right? For you, your motivation was your wife or the chemistry that you had with the wife and you didn't want to lose that feeling. It might, for, for me, it's not always someone else. It sometimes comes down to what's going on internally. So for me, Chaz in the movie The Bronx Tale, and I, I still, like the fact that I met Chaz and he was on the podcast, it was the most surreal moment. And he gave me the card and on the freaking card, it had the quote that I would write every single fucking day for years. And it would say, the saddest thing in life is wasted talent. So for me... It was more Sick. internal, like my fear of me mediocrity. I did not want to be average. I knew that I had gifts, whether that was with business or sports or what I used to do stand-up comedy or like whatever I did, like my biggest motivation was like, just don't be average. Don't just be just a run-of-the-mill blah, blah, blah person. So I knew matter what, whatever it was that I ended up being like, do it. Yeah. So what, like to people out there, find that motivation. Yeah. And the, like the, the, Coming full circle and the fact that you brought up Chaz, uh, I, I love that guy. I mean, I still, in my wallet today is the card he gave me. Your comfort. I'm sorry. The saddest thing in life is I a watch his talent. show. Have you seen his show? Have you seen uh, uh -uh. Chaz's show? So I watched his show because you know Bronx Tale started off as a Broadway show right. and then it became a movie. And I think Bob saw it, uh, De Niro saw it, and is like, "Hey, what about if we do this?" And I play the fa your father, and you play, you know, Sonny. And I saw him, the play for Chaz, I'm not even kidding with you. He does the entire movie, beginning to the end, every line, and he acts every body in the movie really? with one chair. If you've never, I went to uh, f somewhere in Fort Lauderdale by Las Olas to watch this, it was like 1,000, 1,200 people in the room. I, you know how you know they say you touch your phone 150 times a minute or whatever the number is? I didn't touch my phone once for 90 minutes. Right. And, and I sat there, I'm like, I cannot believe I didn't touch my phone. It was a re the performance was insane. You felt like you were in the streets with him. So Chaz, Chaz props to him for what he's doing. Yeah. But uh, respect, man, for where you're at. You know, for for some that know, can you can you put up a picture of uh uh by the way, does it bother you when you see pictures of no. before and after? Doesn't know anything. Okay. Put pictures of Ethan so please. Um, when just 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 go images just go to images there's one picture up there that doesn't bother me at all look at that stud right there look at Holy that guy the hot picture yes. with you with your shirt off so flexing well there's there's one that's pretty good there's Holy other shit, ones i don't those love. legs damn what picture are you most proud of and what are you most ashamed of? i don't want to say ashamed but I, like I'm ugh, not, i never I, want to go back to that i'm not really ashamed it's just such a bizarre uh time in my life that i that i just really uh, didn't care about myself at all, you know? Is that the same human being? Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> Technically. I but mean, there's parts of my brain that haven't regenerated, you know, but the skin guy. is... Louis Lastic. Yeah. Right? What a character in that movie. What a freaking... He made it, by the way. I mean, uh, that that every team needs a guy like that. He's a unifier. You played a role of a unifier in that movie. Favorite movie you've ever done? You've done a lot. What's your favorite one that you've done that uh, you're, you're both... 
most proud of as well as you had the most fun? Well, uh, the the most fun is is a tricky one, but the one I'm most proud of for sure as far as like a movie, there's, uh, you know, Wolf of Wall Street is, is really great, but also Cold Mountain I thought was like a really, really great movie. Um, the most fun I had was either Wolf of Wall Street or uh, a movie called Without a Paddle, which was hilarious. Without fun. a Paddle, oh my God, I forgot. Ah, what was it? What song was it? Uh, but uh, my body is that yeah, the one? <laughs> yeah, that, I don't see that. nothing wrong. Bump and grind. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna go bump and grind with cold. this thing right now. Is that the movie where they're cold? Yeah. Oh my god, it's a hilarious. Who was without a paddle? What was that? Oh, movie? it's a hilarious movie. Me and Abraham Ben Ruby played brothers and. Oh. And we're chasing these three dudes around the forest. And with sick. Seth Green? Yeah. It was awesome. I Look remember, at Dak, Dak Shepard. Shepard in I remember yeah. this movie. Yeah, of yeah. course. Hilarious movie, by the way. I haven't seen one. When did this movie come out? Early 2000s? That was almost 20 years ago. 2004. Wow. There it is. Yeah. yeah. And then and then uh, Matthew, this guy was taking over Hollywood from then gone. I don't What happened to Matthew Lillard? I don't know. He was on a TV show um, recently called that I did a couple episodes of, and I'm blanking on what it's. Good Girls. He was Got on it. Good Girls. Yeah, but that's, I mean, we you got, know that happens to actors too. Like we we go and do a TV show, and if you're not watching the TV show, it's as though we disappeared off the face of the earth. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, we got to talk about remember the Titans. Why is that so important to you? I mean, the thing about that was the team, the chemistry, the race relations that took place in the sixties. What, like, what year was this? You know when the, the whole yeah. BLM thing was going on with yeah. the protesting. I tweeted out. I said, America. Go watch this movie no, today. No, literally, okay? you did. I said, go watch this movie today. Everybody, this movie needs to go viral and everybody needs to it watch it again. It was two years ago. It was yeah. two years ago, yeah. Because the, the, the story, it was so much about what was going on two years ago. You know, this whole thing that, you know, hey, you're white, you're black, hey, buses. No, no, you guys are all mixing up. You're all, you're all going to, sitting together. And he takes them and says, hey, look what happened to these soldiers. They fought mm -hmm. together. Nobody cared if you're white and black. And then they came back. And to them, racism was gone, but they came to a group of people that racism still existed. Right. And then they're kind of like, oh, shit, this is going to be kind of awkward. And that's kind of what's going on, right? You're kind of like, dude, I, I don't even think about race. I don't even think about the fact that we have any different. I'm freaking from Iran. Believe me, when 9-11 happened and everyone's looking, I'm in the financial industry. Where are you from? I'm from Iran. Did you oh. say you're, no, I was born and raised in Iran. You're born and raised in Iran? Yes. So you're from the same neck of the woods that that guy that did what he did? Yeah, kind of. But, kind but I'm different. Of, very much kind of, <laughs> yeah, though, yeah, it's right? Like, like, right. It's like a thousand miles away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah but, to the but idiots you, out there, you're just a brown guy the, from the Middle East. Yeah, but right. to the average guy, like, yeah. wow, you kind of look weird. You don't look like yeah. normal like us. You know, you look like one of these but guys. But about as close as an Italian. Yeah. Yeah. But as close <laughs> to an Italian. I'm 18% Italian because you did that test and you're not French. I did not the test. I found out someone hooked up with an Italian, 18%. But everything else was pretty accurate. But... You know, you, you see that movie and you're like, oh, man, dude, we are so like, mm -hmm. and, I, and I feel like it goes back to the same thing. They keep saying it over and over and over and over and over. They're telling it to you so many times that like, you know, naive people are buying into it. Like, you know what? I think I am. No, you're not. No, 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 you're not. They've just convinced you you are. You are not. That's not your DNA. That's not your identity. You don't wake up being like that. It's just been sold to you constantly, right? And then eventually, like the whole, I read a book years ago, it was called The, the Genius in All of Us. And the author talks about how a, a low-income to middle-income family, a kid who was born, by the time he turns eight, uh, uh, 18, 
he has heard the word no or been rejected 600 more times than he's been encouraged, right? So a low-income, middle-income family. You've been rejected 600 more times than encouraged, right? You're, you're, you're now accustomed to that. You're now accustomed you're to that. expecting it. Yeah. And then it says like middle to lower upper, upper class, it was like 100,000 that you've been discouraged than encouraged. And then it explains families at upper and above, you're encouraged 100 more thousand times than discouraged. Like it's above. And it's like the kids, you know, walking around like this, they have some confidence, they go to the schools, they feel pretty good about them. So not, this is not for everybody because some of them are very, very critical. But the point is, words have power. Yeah, Affirmation, a lot of power. And we're, we're affirming, and by the way, I mean, I don't even know where you stand. You know, what, what do you think about what's going on with America last couple years here politically where we're at? You're in an industry that's, you, 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 you guys, I have friends in that world and we talk, but, you know, it's walking on eggshells a little bit in the business you're in. How has that affected your business the last few years? How has it affected my business? Well, I, you know, I personally... Um find all politicians to be liars and so i don't i i there's no way for me to get behind a political party simply because i just don't trust any of them um in in my business i do know that 10 years ago 10ish years ago there was a group called the friends of abe mm-hmm. abraham lincoln yep. being the first uh republican president and it was a very big group and they would publish their their board and all the members and it was a very open group yep. and as soon as trump came into office the other side got so crazy that this group was no longer allowed to exist so it disbanded and uh and and that to me that makes me sad the the intolerance for another perspective because i think that for the most part individuals not politicians but individuals have these ideas of I perceive a problem, and for the most part, everybody can agree that uh, whatever X is a problem. So then it's just about finding solutions, and I might have a different idea about a solution than you have, but I don't think that we should be waging war with each other over our difference of solving the same problem, and and that intolerance is, is very disappointing. I used to go to meetings with John Voigt in L.A., and... Uh, with a, a man named Fred and then uh, a couple other guys, uh, uh, owners of public storage, and would go to this, the house in Malibu and they would have the most interesting conversations. But the way they would do it, it wasn't like, we're Republicans. They would bring the campaign manager of Bill Clinton and they would bring the campaign manager of Bush. Two-hour conversations, 40 of us in the room. And let me tell you, unfreaking believably entertaining. Yeah. And like you're learning, right? So when the camera was off, they they got along. It's it's almost like, hey, we're, we're just the two different teams. So let's just figure out, you know what my motives are, you know what my, and I got to give up some stuff to get with you. But, you know, going through John and, you know, some of the other guys, I mean, obviously we know who in Hollywood is what side and what not side, but some of them got ousted. Some of them didn't. Some of them were bulletproof. You couldn't do shit to Clint Eastwood. It's like, dude, No, you can't. Nothing. Man, you, you can't do shit Same to Clint status Eastwood. status for him, yeah. Yeah, for sure. There are a couple of them. Gary Sinise, I think he can probably be aligned with whatever he wants, and he's fine. But I think for the rank and file, there became a thing where it's like, well, we're just not going to say anything. We're not going to openly support that anything. Sucks, though, I bro. agree. Yeah, I agree. That sucks. And 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 is there anybody that's kind of because I saw? Did you see the article with Mark Wahlberg? What he announced yesterday? If you want to pull up Mark Wahlberg, 
uh, uh, the movie he, he did? He did The Father Stew yeah. with Mel Gibson. And Mel Gibson, one of the greatest actors of all time. But he came out and he said something yesterday about the fact that he's um, inspired. Yeah. He said, Mark Wahlberg explains how Mel Gibson inspired him to spend millions and millions of his own money on Father Stew. And not only that, this story goes further. He says, I, I feel at this phase of my life, I'm, I'm getting a calling can you make, is this yesterday's article or two days ago? This is two days ago. Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's yesterday. The, the article I read was yesterday. It's very recent. Go back a little bit. Anyway, so he himself, you see him as a pretty reasonable guy, reveals his Mark, reason. by the way, Mark Wahlberg, it, 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 you yeah, can't, click on that one. You, not can't your typical. Really, you can't really see it. It's not so overt. But that dude has evolved. That dude, when I was young, I, I've known Mark for a long time. I did a movie with was him. Was he in American History X or no? No, okay. but I did a movie with him called Deepwater Horizon. But I have known him for a long time. When we were kids, like children, teenagers, he was a bit of a mess. He wasn't maybe as much of a mess or as overt of a mess as I was. And and I, I don't think he had a real drug problem but or did drugs at all. I don't, I don't know about that. But he now is a father, he's married, he's very serious about his faith. Like, he has turned his life around, really. In a big way. Big and, way. And he, you know the movie he did, was it Brothers? What was the name of the movie where the four brothers, the, it's him, yeah, it's four Andre brothers. three, uh, is it Four Brothers, yeah, the movie? The, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, and, and or, Tyrese, I, I want to say. I just feel like yeah. that's him. The movie he played, the story of Mickey, uh, not Mickey Ward, is it Mickey Ward? Where the, the brother is a is it the fighter? The fighter. It's called the fighter. Yeah, yeah. The fighter. You just look at him. You're like, I don't think you're acting, bro. I just believe you. You know, I just think you're being you. Like Denzel's not acting to me. Denzel is just himself. You know, and, and he's got one role that he crushes in it. Right. Yeah. You don't see him being able to do, you know. But he sticks to this one role that he crushes because I don't think he's acting. But to see a guy like him, uh, he just showed me an article here from People Magazine where he says, uh, uh, you know, he's feeling like there's a calling. I it's yeah. on Slack. This is God choosing me. It was one of the headlines. Yeah, God choosing me. Tyler, it's on Slack. It's, I don't see it on Slack. Check yesterday. Anyway, so you're seeing you're seeing some of that taking place because I believe uh, uh, the power of uh, right there. So Mark Wahlberg says he spent millions on faith-based movies. This is God choosing me to make it. Okay, go up a little bit to see what else he says. They're making it a little bit bigger. Fifty-year-old, story. My father, Stu Mel Gibson, millions. Let's just say I put millions and millions of dollars into the film, and then incurring other costs because we went over schedule in production, and there were clearances for the music. Said Walker, adding that the few friends who believed in the project also invested in Walker. Said he prayed every day about getting this film made. I cannot take credit for the movie success because this is God choosing me to make this film. He knows finally I get to utilize all the talents and gifts that have been bestowed upon me for his greater good and serve my part in his big picture. So you're, you're seeing some of that. This is, I believe, you know, um, one time, <clears throat> one of my med mentors, Dudley, he gives a speech. He said, there's seven mountains to climb. You know, uh, military, you know, you got business, you got church, you got all these politics. And then he says entertainment. He says the toughest one to climb to the top is entertainment. But entertainment is the one that you can really have some mass influence, right? Whoever controls Hollywood and movies controls the masses. I mean, that's just what there is to it. If I want to manipulate a mindset into anybody, I'll just make a movie out of it and put the right actor, spend $100 million, I can get you to think, well, maybe that's not that bad of an idea, right? <laughs> so, But I don't think we have enough competition on both sides. Like, 
I think Vince Vaughn was it, where he went and he sponsored, he endorsed, was it Ron Paul at a libertarian event? Libertarian. I don't know if you remember that. I don't not. know, but yeah. I do know that, that whatever yeah. he did politically probably had Heard some effect on him. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, you think Hollywood kind of no. excommunicated him because he. I don't know. I don't know about excommunicated. He's still around. He's still doing movies, but Vince Vaughn was a massive movie star. Dude, and mega. he is not a massive movie not star. Today. And no. I don't think he had what a, a huge there? string of failures. No, I, what failure? I mean, I dude, the guy has got. Everybody gets their set of failures, like you talked about earlier. Hey, if our show goes, we literally disappear. Uh, but, but what 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 does it take in that space to get to a point of being untouchable? Is it your own money? Because Clint is using his own money at this point. Of course, he's got some investors that come in as well, but it's majority of it is his own money. What well, also even think about this: Woody Allen. Woody Allen still mm -hmm. makes a movie every year, or. or every other year or something like that and he is basically in dark blacked out like yeah. you don't hear about the movies you don't see the movies they're all just going to europe or something like that but he still manages to get them made it's it's all funded out of another country or private private investors or something like that well, hollywood Pat, is not investing in woody allen i don't films. know if there's anybody that's Untouchable in Hollywood. No matter. I mean, look at Will Smith. I, I mean, he would have been Harvey in my top Weinstein. five. Harvey Weinstein. Like, Harvey Weinstein was. I mean, but he's not. He doesn't have the name recognition that a Will Smith does, or even a Mel Gibson but, did in the early two thousand. But there's a difference. There's Harvey a difference. Weinstein was a gangster. He was. Yes. Un, he was politically connected. Harvey Weinstein was behind the scenes. Yeah. Untouchable. But to the masses, it's like, who's this? FYI, though, there's there there is a yeah. there, there is an example there. That's different than Vince Vaughn and then Clint, and you got some of the other guys, right? Grow, you know, Josh, <clears throat> I would put him there as well. Probably, uh, uh, is it Frant? Uh, <clears throat> is it uh, Chris? Uh, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt, right? Uh, who played? Uh, they're trying. They're, they're trying, trying to get, to get him get too. Him. Yeah, they're, they're trying, trying to, to get what? him too. To get rid of Chris Pratt because he's yeah. he's religious. Zach Levi, even Zach Levi. Who's they though? Uh, there's a big portion of. Hollywood or the left, which does not approve of the church that Chris Pratt goes to. And so there is constantly attempts to say, like, you should not have until this guy apologizes for his church or makes his church better. You should not hire this guy. And are these the same people that are trying to cancel if you were part of the Friends of Abe? Are they the same people that are trying to cancel Pratt? Are they the same people I, I, you know, by the way, canceling Vince Vaughn. Who are these people? It could be two people on Twitter. I don't know who, who it is, but there is a general sentiment that uh, if your church was ever not super fond of gay people, your church is excommunicated and you can't be a part of it. So I know like Ellen Page has, uh, Elliot Page has come out and talked poorly about Chris Pratt and his church, which then leads to voices on Twitter, anonymous voices Domino on things. Twitter. Yeah, and, and, it, and it builds that way. I don't know who all of the people are, but they're mm -hmm. the the culture of Hollywood is very um, get in line or get out. Yeah, Let me tell not you not that. tolerant of religious positions, not tolerant but isn't of there other I ideas. Irony there that their whole thing is inclusion, uh, tolerance. But I think, but if you don't fit in, fall in line. You I, th out. I think any of that, though, even on the right, if it's if the idea is like absolute free speech. Then you know what was the um, the the satanic panic of the eighties and nineties? That was all a right wing fear of like you can't talk about this stuff, right? Like let's arrest two live crew. Their language is bad. 
I think no matter what, the group in power wants to stay in power and they want uh, a homogenous uh, dialogue so that there's no dissent. There's no taking that power away from them. Yeah, don't, don't forget, we're not against rap. We're not, not against, against rappers, rappers, but we are, are against, against those thugs, 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 thugs. right? So they wanted to kind of, you know, the hip hop, all of that. So, but here, here's, here's what you said. You said Harvey Weinstein and you said yeah. Will Smith. The difference with Will Smith, it's a self-inflicted. He screwed up. Hollywood's not canceling him. He canceled himself. That's what he did. That's Will a big Smith? screw. Which we'll, we can talk about that, but Will Smith yeah. is a screw up, which is a lot deeper than anything else. But By here, the way, I would, I, my preference would be you do something that people are offended by, you have a very clear path to redemption. There should be some way to make amends. You come out and apologize. I don't know what it is, yeah. but there should be a way to go like, without being self-serving, I screwed up. I'm really sorry, that's not yeah. me. Because Will Smith to me is like, he was the, he was the, I Goat. still think he's a sweetheart and he yeah. had a bad One night. One million percent. He had a bad but night. Yeah. But think about what we're saying yeah. here right now. We're actually putting Harvey freaking Weinstein and Will Smith even in no, the same I, category. I, 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 I don't think that. I'm not saying that we are, I'm just saying the fact that those no. two names are yeah. intertwined because Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. I, I don't think they're in the same category. No, no, they're not. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah. But the fact that the, Harvey Weinstein, what he did was disgusting and repugnant. And what Will Smith? Okay, can fucking I make, slapped can the I dude. Make a, can I make a uh, p p prediction? I'm going to yes, make sir. a prediction to you. Okay. So what what I think is happening is the following. So Will is a different story. Harvey's a different, Harvey is you know complete. He uses power to abuse and all Manipulate. that stuff. And then eventually it was too late. Vince is yay. We don't agree with you. He is actually being affected by because this guy goes from being one the you saw him everywhere. To, and by the way, that guy's multidimensional. He did like this one psycho movie that, you know, maybe it was psycho. I don't know what movie he was in where he's playing this freaking crazy husband that's uh, capable of doing murder and all these things. Then he goes and does Wedding Crasher. So he's mm -hmm. so multi-talented, right? But, uh, you know, the Clint's of the world, all these guys, here's what's about to happen. And you're going to see how this whole thing's going to come together. So Elon Musk goes out there and says, hey, I got a problem with what's going on with Twitter. All of a sudden, I'm convinced he's like, Oh, you guys want to silence uh, the president? You want to silence Rogan? You want to silence this? You want to silence Babylon B? You want to Oh, you do? No problem. Okay, cool. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy Twitter. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I love it. He just I'm wants so to, happy yeah, He just this. wants to be a minority shareholder. That's all. No, no, no. Oh, no, he's buying 9.2% matching Morgan Stanley as a biggest shareholder. And then the CEO of Twitter sends a tweet saying, well, we're working together and we're welcoming him to be on the board. And, da, 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 da. and then he's like, dude, I'm not joining the board. And then the CEO of Twitter digs <clears throat> at uh, Elon a little bit. And I'm convinced Elon's like, I'm sorry, what did you just say? I own this company, bro. I'm the biggest shareholder. No problem. You know what? If we can show this article here, Yahoo find this morning, Elon Musk offers to buy 100% of Twitter for fifty-four dollars a share. I can't wait to enjoy Dude, Twitter can you again. Imagine? I can't <laughs> wait. You, you I can't wait. <laughs> so he goes up there and buys it. This is a byproduct of bullying. This is a byproduct of bullying. So what am I convinced going to happen next? Here's what I'm convinced going to happen next. See the quote: "I invested in Twitter as I believe in its potential to the platform free speech, free around, speech around the globe, around the globe. free speech, social imperative mm -hmm. for functioning democracy. However, since making my investment, I now realize the company will neither thrive nor serve the social so, uh, societal imperative in its current form. Twitter needs to be transformed as a private company. As a result, I'm offering to buy 100 percent." 
By the way, you think Morgan Stanley's not going to sell to them? Morgan doesn't give a shit. Morgan's like, dude, take the money. The market's about to tank next year. Buy it. They're making 40% on their money there. Dude, that's crazy, right? So they're, they're calling it. A forty-three billion dollar hostile takeover. Let Why them, is it considered a hostile takeover? Because okay. the board does the not want, want him. It. Yeah. Let let it be a hostile takeover. It's great. But here's the thing, guys. Brace for impact. Brace for freaking impact. Who did Bezos just buy recently? Washington Post. No, no, he bought that a while. MGM back. He just oh, bought yeah. MGM, MGM Studios right. recently. Now. The, the motive, really? yeah, he yes. did. He yeah. just bought him shit. Wow. That's crazy. Right? I didn't know that. So, so, so you got these two guys, okay, buying which, everything. <laughs> wait a minute, but but do you see Bezos as a true believer, or do you believe Bezos is playing a game of who's going to end up having the most money and the most power? And and do you think Elon Musk is a true believer? Where which of these guys is more concerned about the little guy? And protecting the voice. Is I it think Bezos? Musk is for I don't sure. think it's even a question. Yeah. I agree with you, right? I totally agree with you. So here's the thing. He's buying for business. I saw John Stewart interview Bob Iger from Disney and questioning about news and ABC and all this stuff. And, you know, you guys are how you reported on this and you reported on that. And you guys are so one side. And so I don't know about if we're one side. So you don't think you're one side. It was a very interesting interview. If you haven't watched it's 15 minutes, highly recommend you watch John Stewart interviewing Iger. It's like two weeks ago, especially with what's going on with Disney right now with all that stuff. I think. I'm convinced Elon's going to get into the movie business. I'm convinced this next move, you got two other companies you got to buy, okay? The next company he has to buy is CNN. He has to buy, okay? Because he's more of a Ted Turner than the current CNN is a Ted Turner. So he buys these guys. Then he buys, uh, 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 what do you call it? He buys CNN. After buying CNN, he has to go buy a major catalog or a major media company okay no it's not netflix he could do hulu he could do one of those other guys he could do any of those guys and you can buy that for package for him it's not a big deal about a movie studio like an mgm so well mgm is gone because no i'm saying like a paramount but that's what he's gonna do he's gonna do that because he's starting people have to realize okay the way hitler got the world to buy into him is the first time the movie titanic came out who was the director of titanic a guy named hitler and who Hold was the hero what? of Titanic? Wait, what? The hero of Titanic at the end is a Nazi. The soldier that saved was a Nazi. I didn't see this version. Okay, so let's. If you go to Titanic, this is not the Leonardo Ti- DiCaprio no, no, version. No, no, no. Titanic, first Titanic. What? Okay, you guys are. Uh, uh, okay, go Titanic, nineteen forty-three. Okay, go put Titanic, nineteen forty-three film. Okay, uh, right there. Okay, that, that, that propaganda yes, film. Yes, this is a German propaganda film, which was Nazis were heroes. Wow. And he was controlling the entire movie beginning to the end. Commissioned okay. by Joseph Goebbels. Yes, that's the point. Wow. So so, so what, what am I... Are you, yeah. uh, did, no, I'm just... You don't know about this? No, I, no, I, I just desperately shot. hope you're not going to compare Elon Musk to Hitler. That's not at all. No, 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 no. Well, you're, you are what saying I'm, propaganda and winning zero. hearts and minds. No, no, no. I'm saying that's what they're doing today. Right. I'm saying that's what Hollywood's doing today. You guys, and, and then Churchill had to go against these, against you know, freaking Hitler to save the world, or else all of us will be speaking German. I think a guy like Churchill and Musk are very similar. I think Musk is going to come out and going to say, "You guys think you're that bad? No problem. Watch what we're going to do." And by the way, you saw already they're trying to get him for Twitter. Oh, investigation, SEC, SEC. bullshit, bullshit. All that crap's going to come. But what makes Elon Musk similar to Clint Eastwood? 
It's his own money, and he's got this going for himself. He tells everybody, go screw yourself. So I think you, he's, he's, got a, he's got it's like a trinity. Trinity is what? Twitter, okay, which is where we're talking. CNN, that's where we get the news. And he needs the, he needs the Trinity. It's it's the, it's the media movies. I think that happens. Whole people go, pe- people gonna be shivering every night saying holy shit. And in Hollywood, finally the Vince Vaughns of the world are gonna get their twenty million dollars because that's a twenty million dollar movie guy. That's not a freaking two million dollar guy. That's a twenty million dollar movie guy. And it's gonna go back to saying let's compete. You know. Okay. So that's my prediction. I may be way off. But I foresee something like that. Take. I think if Elon's got two more moves, it's two moves. CNN. I love it. Yeah. That and sounds he thinks, fun. He thinks long term in terms <coughs> of how he set up with the Roadster. And then He's a the, true believer. The, yeah. the, the Tesla S and then the Tesla 3. Yeah. So he thinks in 5, 10, 15-year increments. So, I mean, if there's anyone to think that long and that far out, I mean, he's the guy. I also love that he's open to, like, you know, if you wanted to get some feature added to a Ford pickup truck, Good luck. It would take 20 years or, or you know, all kinds of st- Elon Musk reads a tweet, thinks it's a good idea. It's happening the next day in a car. You Software know what update. I mean? So, yeah, it's unbelievable. Well, when, he, when he first took over the 9.2% of Twitter, he said, does Twitter need an edit button? And he spelled yes wrong to kind of. Okay, let me, I don't, I, I don't want to be the dissenter here, but let me just kind of throw this out here there. Is there. We're kind of singing Elon Musk's praises and all the great stuff that he's doing. You're talking the Trinity. What's the downside with having that much power as one guy? There's got to be something. Nothing as long as there's a competitor. Nothing. Capitalism works. I trust it. Capitalism works because there's competition. These motherfuckers, I'm sorry, I don't use the F word too often. What they've done is they've eliminated all their competition is what they've done. They've had a monopoly. Hollywood's had a monopoly for too long. Mm-hmm. And behind closed doors, they're bullying people. Netflix came in. They freaking scared the shit out of everybody where Ricky Gervais gets up on stage and says what? Hey, you guys may as well give up and surrender and say, Netflix, mm-hmm. take all the awards tonight, right? Netflix played a very important role, okay? Then you got Hulu. H- all of a sudden, they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I used to have control of all of you guys. I mm-hmm. don't anymore. It's called capitalism. It's called innovation. It's called pushing you back a little bit. And in and, and every industry... You're going to experience bullies, okay? In every industry, you're going to experience bullies. What happens with bullies is bullies can only go so far. But what bullies don't realize is bullies inspire people. And, and bullies inspire those who go up against bullies. Hitler was a bully. Churchill is the guy that goes up against bullies, okay? I, I can't go on and on about people that went up against bullies. What bullies, bullies kind of, you know... It's very easy. If you allow somebody to bully you every day, the next day, the next day, the next day, what are they going to do? They're going to keep taking your lunch until you finally stand up to them, right? What's starting to happen today is guys like Elon, there's going to be more. It's not just Elon, by the way. There's a few other guys. Peter Thiel's on that camp, and there's a few. There's like 50 guys that are brawlers. That if you And, and what they've done is some of them were asleep. Some of them were distracted. But they officially have woken up some of the guys that they should have never woken up. And they're true believers. They're about to experience competition the next decade or two like they've never experienced before. I'm convinced the next two decades are going to be freaking sick. By the way, I just want you to do <coughs> motivational speeches. <laughs> where you, say, you basically say that because I feel better. You know what I mean? Like I feel like we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay, bro. This is, oh, all right. this is a white... Yeah. Pill, my friend. So what? Not a red bullet. Bring back motivation Monday. I I I think we're going in. I'm telling you right now. 
I this whole thing with futures bright. I keep saying futures bright, futures yeah. bright. I'm telling you, guys like Musk are gonna get up because the next. You know how somebody's a president? What do we do? We kind of want to emulate the president. So Reagan's president. Oh. I'm going to talk like Reagan because Reagan and Johnny Carson, they kind of talk like each other. They have their same style. And Bill Clinton, oh, shit, Bill Clinton's a player. I'm going to be a player too, dog. You know, so, <laughs> yeah, you know okay, Obama, Obama, you know, we're all walking. So, you know, so, you know, we're talking and we're doing all this stuff. Then Trump's president, oh, dog, we're back. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a fucking. You know. So when an Elon is now the hero, mm-hmm. dude, you're going to have 5 million kids going to school who are all in tryout right now, who are the next future Elons, they can't let an Elon stay as a hero. They have to control who the hero is. Because if Elon stays as the hero, dude, you're not only locked in the next 10, 20 years, you may be locked in the next 40 years if he stays as the hero. It's very, very important who is painted as the hero for a decade or two because kids emulate him. Like Steph Curry's a great face of the league. LeBron's not. He's a horrible face of the league. Horrible. Like I hope Giannis becomes a face of the league because the way he talks, I asked him a question the other day. So how much does a scoring title mean to me? Nothing. I believe it's dangerous to chase things like that. I don't care about the scoring title. He sits out the last game. Joel Embiid wins a scoring title. He could have won the scoring title. He gives two shits about scoring title. That's why he's a good face, right? I think Elon's a good face. And he's going to inspire the next freaking sick people that are going to come up to even better than Elon did. So I'm convinced the next decade or two is going to be solid. I'm excited. And by the way, we're going to do our fight. We're going to do our part. Because it's not going to be like, it's going to be people at different levels that are going to be fighting. And those guys are going to unite. And then it's kind of going to be like, okay, okay, Mr. Bullies. Mm-hmm. You guys good? You guys want to fight or are you good? I mean, it is very, very Fountainhead-like, right? Like, he really is like Howard Rourke. Yes. And you see, like, if he winds up buying CNN... That would be crazy. We'll watch just, when it happens. That would be wild. Dude, watch I when it happens. I want to invest in CNN today. <laughs> Think I wish I invested in Twitter when By it crashed. Way, did you see CNN Plus's numbers, bro? Oof. Yes. Did you 10, see 000. the numbers? 10,000. 10,000. What, what does that cost? That's got to be $300 million. Dollars. Wow. They spent $300 million and they got 10,000. To the point where CNBC tweeted it out. Calls Did you out, see, yeah. Can you go to my Twitter and just put what CNBC? They're like, boys, you're not supposed to call out CNN. But that's why you trust capitalism. Go up, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Keep going a little bit more. It's, uh, it's coming right up here. here. Oh, right there. Click on yeah. that one right there. That one right there. Look at this. CNBC says fewer than 10,000 people are uh, using CNN Plus on a daily basis. Two weeks into its existence, sources tell CNBC, casting doubt on the future of the app following the combination of Discovery and Warner Media. They're on the same page. So even people on the same page are calling each other out because capitalism freaking works. And it says, since when does CNBC call out CNN? This is why I trust capitalism. CNBC's OTT Peacock is kicking CNN's ass. Peacock has 9 million paid customers and CNN only has 10,000. It's that simple. CNBC is dominating CNN. Good for them. So 10,000. Yeah, that's insane. For 300 million. You just got Wallace. You're like, oh, we got Wallace from Fox News and we're going to have 10,000. No Casey problem. Hunt. Do you think CNN's brand is tarnished? They need a good number Irre- one at the Irrevocably? Top until the right person is driving the company at the top. So you think that it comes down to just a figurehead one leadership? Million, bro, bro, one million. Ted Turner? Do you know what Ted Turner did to media? Ted Turner was. Ted Turner ran to be a president. Yeah, Elon Musk could be president if he was born here. Elon Musk is the kind of guy that could make the government change the laws to allow 100% a man to run agree with for you on office that. one day who's lived in America for 35 years. The Elon Musk could be the reason why we may have an amendment to say 
Anyone that's been a citizen of the United States for 35 years can run for office. It would be really fun to watch the leftists argue against this. It's great. About though. not allowing foreigners to yeah. run. I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> what are they going to say? Did you hear that's, what he yeah, just said? That's what they're for. Did what they say it? Break that down, Ethan. Why, like, go, go there. Go there. Break that down. Well, I, I'm, I mean, I'm just that's saying, I, I just think any of these things, right? Any of these things are viewed through the perspective of what I want. So as long as it aligns with what I want, then it's fine. If, uh, you know, today, if you ask the majority of people on the left, should foreigners be allowed to run for president, they would say, hell yes, I assume. But if it was Elon Musk who was the foreigner, they would say, no, no. we only can have Americans running for You know what I mean? I just think that's the way Put a poll up. I'm going to do a poll right now on Twitter. That's, <coughs> I'm going I'm to do a quick poll These are here. my assumptions. But they're good, good wrong, assumptions, bro. though. Yeah. It's good assumptions that uh, that you got there. So can you, can you imagine? Can you imagine if that happened? Can you imagine... In, 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 in the next six, 12 months, Elon owns Twitter, he owns CNN, and he owns a big-ass freaking production, you know, like, like a MGM. Oh, dude, just brace for impact. The best part about it is the following. You ever seen a bully cry when they lose? It's the best kind of cry. <laughs> oh, dude. I mean, you know, there's different levels to crying. There's real crying where you feel bad for the person. There's crying that's funny crying. Like, dude, you're, you're, yeah, it's hilarious. But the best kind, the greatest of the greatest crying, yeah, is the bully, bully crying. Dude, it's like the it, it's like in um, your boy um, Denzel Washington in what's the movie? Uh, yeah, uh, the, the, the Training Day. King Kong ain't yeah. got nothing on me. Yeah. I built this shit. He starts crying like that's that's, yeah. the story. that's your boy. The but like the the, everyone was rooting against Denzel Washington the entire movie. And then finally, the whole hood turns against him, yeah. and the cry and the sobbing, and you don't. Denzel's the man's man. You don't expect that from him, but that's the cry that everyone's like, "Hell yeah!" Or like Ivan Drago and Rocky. Yeah. When he, when Rocky knocked him out, it's right? such a relief to see. Right. As a, as a, as an outsider, it's, it's it's like oh freaking awesome, right? Everyone's talking about it. Uh, when Bill Burr, Bill Burr was on um, uh, Conan. I love Bill Burr and Kona. It's my favorite combination of interviews. I'm, I like Bill Burr. Double gingers. Oh, I dude. love Bill Burr. I did a movie with him. Did you? Yeah. Which one was it? Um, Walk of Shame. We played cops. Me and Bill Burr were a pair of cops ch chasing this girl. Is he the same on camera as he is off camera? Like, is he, he that's just the guy? Pretty much. Pretty much that's yeah. who he is. Yeah, I can listen to Bill for hours. I won't get tired of it. But, but he says, uh, <laughs> he's sitting with Chris. So, uh, were you following, uh, Conan asked a question, were you following uh, the, the election? Were you following? He says, he says, yeah, maybe a little bit. You know, I was at the hospital. My wife was giving birth and we had the TV on and I'm watching this guy, you know, say things. And then he says, so what do you think about the results? He says, dude, I got to tell you, watching people on the other side cry and lose their <laughs> minds. The he says, Kirk Gibson, forget about it. U.S. beating, you know, whatever, the hockey. This is great. Every, it keeps going. It's like, this was the greatest thing I've ever seen. The, the, the feeling of people that thought this will never freaking happen. Uh, I, I have a feeling right now, Elon, in the next 30, 60, 90 days, is going to get hit up from every different angle. Girls are going to come out. They're going to get, guys are going to come out. Y you're going to see character assassination at the yeah. highest level. That's coming soon. FYI, well, that's three, what I mean. six, 12 like, months. Yeah, see, there's me and Bill. Don't we look like cops, me and Bill? <laughs> it's actually It's right. just the you mustache. Do. You throw a mustache on you, buddy, you could do yeah. anything you want with that mustache. Oh, you were walking shit. Yeah, I've, that, dude. How many movies you been in, bro? Quite, <laughs> quite a few movies. 
quite a few movies. Um, I, I, I do. I do. I remember I, this movie. I do feel like if if he if he succeeds with Twitter and if if CNN catches wind of him trying to buy them, it is going to be a bloodbath with mm. their reporting on Musk. I love that. What's her I, name, by the way? That actress, Dunst. No, no. Um, Chris. She's a great no, actress. You're she of was in, Dunst. She, I'm I'm blanking on her name right now. Elizabeth Banks. Oh, yeah. She, wasn't she in Forty Year Old Virgin? No, uh, I don't think. Yes, she was. She go, might go, have been. Go go see if she was hottie. in Forty uh, Year Old Virgin. Type in. Yeah, she was in Forty. Go type in Forty Year Old Virgin. Do it the other way, Ron. Do Forty Year Old Virgin, and then you'll see the cast because it's a while back. Type That's in, right. She was in the Hunger Games. She yeah. played the uh, the, the hostess. She was in Forty. She did at the at Blockbusters. Remember when they're so yes. What's your name? What's your name? Yes, oh my yes, God. yes, 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 yes. Yeah, she yes, was in yes. it. It was that scene. Yes. Oh, my God. It's a great scene between the two of them. She did a great job. Yeah, that scene right there. Classic. Oh, it was Steve, Steve Carell. Do you right know there. where that is? That is at the Encino Bally Total Fitness. Used to have a Borders right there. That's my sister was the manager at the Bally Total. They shot it right there at the Encino Bally Total Fitness. Her I don't know character if you know. could have been based on your sister. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Paulette. Shout out to Paulette. Working at the uh, bookstore <laughs> so, uh, with uh, a 40-year-old virgin. Uh, so going back to uh, uh, movies with different guys you've worked with, who, who did you see act and it's like one take type of guy. You're like, how the hell do you do just one freaking take? Like who was the most ridiculous talent you've seen? And, you know, it's unfair to ask this question because it's not like one or two. You've worked with the best of the best. But who was somebody, like when I talk to guys, you know, I've interviewed some of the guys in the mob movies, some of those guys, everybody's like, well, let me tell you, Marlon Brando, dude, this guy was like something else, right? And you talk to guys that are like the Chris Browns and some of these guys, ushers who have worked and done something with Michael Jackson back in the days, dude, one time, this guy's choreography. Who was I, I, that guy? I'm less impressed by that. Being an actor myself, I expect people to come in and, and do a good job. What I'm really impressed with is work ethic and and showing up on time and knowing your lines and just being prepared in those ways. And I will say, and I've been friends with him for 25 or almost 30 years, Leonardo DiCaprio, and I'd been to on sets with him before I actually worked with him. And I, I never, I just never paid attention to this, but working with him, he was always the first guy on set. He knew all his lines. No, really? He never missed a beat. He so and and for me, you know, that's not always the case. Sometimes the star is the last guy on set and you're all like on your marks waiting for them to arrive and they walk on and you start, you know what I mean? There was that that did not occur with him at all. I would have never guessed he was no. the Leo. Does yeah. that set the tone for everyone? It's like if Leo's here first and he's working hard, like everyone. It, it really does. Yeah. When when you have guys who are starting to come in later, if they're hungover, if they're not prepared, if they're reading their sides, you know, while they're standing on their mark, if they're holding it up a little bit, it does. It drags a little bit. Right. But having a guy who's so gung-ho, who... I've seen before where um, they're, they're, he's getting dressed while walking to set just because he doesn't want to hold anybody up. So I was very, very impressed with him when I worked with him. Have you ever, uh, have you, have you ever had scenes that maybe you know, wasn't recorded? Like you know how Christian Bale lost his mind on the audio guy or whoever it was that's walking back. It's one of the best scenes, by the way, when you see mm -hmm. him lose it. It's, there's something... Uh, uh, 
it's like watching a chef lose it. it there's something very... Uh, or Bill O'Reilly. Fuck it, we'll go alive! Yeah, it, it, you know, there's something very creative madness. You know, it's it's cool it's like to see that scientist type of thing yeah, yeah. in action. Has that happened where you're on a set and one of the main character actors, like there's a slight little movement or adjustment, they just are so sensitive to everything that they lose it? I mean, I've had I've seen it before where, um, I don't want to name names, but a long time ago, 15 years ago, I did a, a, a movie for television. You know, they used to do that, like mm -hmm. TV movies. And um, one of the actors got into a fight with a grip, like a fist fight <laughs> with a grip over something like that. And I, I didn't even know what exactly had happened or if there was tension with these guys before, but suddenly they're fighting. And I, I was just like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> like, we're at work. You can't yeah. be doing this. And uh, and they got separated, and then it was fine. But but I haven't seen anything quite as wonderful as um, you know those few instances. Mm -hmm. You know, also when I started acting, so almost thirty years ago, we heard stories. That there was a very famous, and I, I don't really want to get super graphic, but there were stories about a, a Sylvester Stallone recording because he was miked and went back to his trailer and something occurred and it got recorded. And I never heard the recording, so it could be just like an old wives' tale, but that scared the shit out of me. So anytime there was a microphone anywhere near me, I was like, somebody's listening, somebody's recording this, be careful. Now, are you still tight with Leo? Yeah, yeah, he's a very good friend. When is Leo gonna settle down? Or is he ever gonna settle down and, and get married? I don't know, I have no idea. But, but by the way, you know, I, I uh, I had, uh, I'm, I'm convinced of this, I may be wrong, but I had dinner with a guy named David Herzog, who was a CFO of AIG. And mm -hmm. he was there with Bob and Moshe. These are the guys that went and got $183 billion from the government and then they paid it back and gave $21 billion. This guy was a CFO. So he's like very, very powerful guy in the, in the financial industry. <laughs> and I said, so, you know, tell me about yourself. Oh, I've been married 27 years. Oh, okay, cool. How many kids you guys got? We don't have any kids, really. You know, how many kids you guys, you know, what's, what, any reason? No, we just chose a long time ago. Our kids was our career. Really. Mm -hmm. Both my wife and I made our kids, our career, our kids. And that's how we treated it. And both of us have done very well. We run a restaurant and uh, on a uh, golf course, and she manages that, and I do what I do here. I'm like, okay, cool. I think certain people make their career their Thank wife or their kids. And some actually look at it that way. Do you think that's what's happening with Leo? Uh, first of all, do you think he lacks options? I mean, if he yes, wanted to Zero percent. This is why we're he, so he, like uh, enthralled by what he's yeah, got going on. But I think, I think the way he just described Leo makes sense to me why he can't do that. Because to give that kind of a commitment, you, you can't have distractions uh, to... to you know that. You, and anyways, I'm I'm speculating. I'm mm -hmm. not his friend. He's he's his friend. But I'm just thinking certain people that take it to that level. I had a guy I talked to one time, and uh, Greg, his name was this. But this is like 18 years ago. I said, if you were to tell me a few weird things that nobody talks about that you want to make it all the way to the top, what would you suggest? He says, never get married, never have kids. I said, what? I said, but you're married and you have kids. He said, but I never made it to the top. I, I will say, no. having a wife and kids. The absolute worst place to bring them is to work. It's it's the worst distraction ever because yeah. if you're here and you're consumed and you're and you're trying to do your job to have this 
you know, a movie set is almost like being at a construction zone. You know what I mean? Like nothing's ever fully built. It's all being presented from one direction and there's stuff you can't touch and places you can't go and you there's nowhere to sit down sometimes. And to have this idea of like my wife and my kids, the people who I need to make sure they're okay all the time are taken care of. I've done TV shows where I've brought kids in and gone like, you want to come? You're a PA. You have to work if you're going to be here. And we can have lunch together and all that. But I can't think, like, what's my kid doing right now? Where is? Where are they? Are they sitting in my trailer watching TV? Or, or I don't know what. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a rough place to, to – you really have to be concentrating on what you're doing. Respect, man. The uh, – the, the, the the legacy and, and the stories of Leo are just insane. I mean, it was first, I think, Jeter, then Clooney. Now Leo is just the freaking man yeah, as far as like... Leo's been the man for a few decades, though. It's not correct. like it's a new That's thing. That's why people yeah. are, you know, wondering what's next for this guy. But he's that dedicated to his craft is what you're saying. He so you think you think... Uh, like, for instance, one of the things that I'm enthralled about with Pat is like his work ethic, but he's married and he's got four kids and he's running two businesses and he's dealing with all this. Yet he still is the first one and last one. Like that's it, it makes kind of like what you did with Leo it makes you raise your standards and say, all right, well, I can't slack off. I got the fucking the boss over here doing more than anyone. I mean, is yeah. that kind of what you're saying with Leo over there? Do you think his worth ethic, worth work ethic would be exactly the same if he was married with kids and that would kind of take away? I think he would compartmentalize because I think I have a good work ethic. I just think it's hard like to merge the two. So if you're if you're him and and again when you do, when I did that movie with him, he worked every day. I worked not every day, right? I worked many fewer days than him. So I could bring my family and make sure that I spent a lot of time with them too on the days that I wasn't working. They just couldn't come to work. For him, that's six months where he's working every single day. And then on the weekend, he's preparing for next week's work. And at night after work, he's preparing for tomorrow's work. And so I think it is less conducive in that. But, but I, I think he would be capable certainly of compartmentalizing mm -hmm. these things yeah and and i would assume like if you're like really lighting it up you're like doing more movies and you're taking on more things once you have family and you decide to go the next route then you're a little bit more picky and choosy on what you take and what you don't take it you're and he's already pretty <coughs> picky and choosy like he doesn't have movies coming out back to back to back to back yeah uh, you you look at the list of do you put him as a top 10 of all time I think he's very good, yeah. Who, who, who do you have as, like, if you were to say, I think, in, you know, like, NBA, Michael, you know, football, Brady, who's, yeah. who you put in your top five, top ten? I think Daniel Day-Lewis is is really hard to beat as an actor. Just, three times, right? Is it a three-time winner or a four-time winner? I don't even yeah. know. I just know that he disappears into these roles, and he's always compelling, and I, I really enjoy watching him. Um, Meryl Streep I like a lot. Um I don't go really too much deeper than that. I just like those two. I think those two are great. And I think Leo's an incredible actor too. Um, but he's my buddy, so I don't wanna mm -hmm. I don't wanna think of him as that way. Did like you have someone that you kinda time. emulated, you just said, All right, I can I see what this guy's doing. You know, obviously I wanna be my own person and the, you know, all that stuff, but it's like, all right, cool, like this guy's doing it. I'm a bigger guy, but I've lost this weight. Who do you try to emulate? Well, as of today, I'm just trying to almost figure out who I am now you know I've 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 been losing weight for 15 years or, or closer to 20 years 
but like today I am certainly different than what most people know me as. Right. When I was a kid, I, I didn't see him as a big guy, but I really looked at like guys like Peter Lorre, this old German star. And I just thought like, what an incredible career that guy had. You know, he was in, he was in so many different things and played so many mm -hmm. different roles and he was always interesting and he was like the consummate that guy actor. And, and that's really the guy who I was like, if I could have a career like that, dude, I would be so happy. Wasn't there a documentary called That Guy? Probably. Yeah, there was a documentary. Type in documentary. On Peter that, no, no, I don't a know. documentary, oh. That Guy, uh, faces you know, but you don't know the names. Uh. There was a documentary called uh, 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 Who. Go back, go back and just that go That guy to, who was in that thing. Yeah, that guy who was in that thing. Yeah, that's a documentary. By the way, you know that one uh, uh, video that you see with Jonah Hill being interviewed and, you know, he's kind of losing his cool and he says, so, you know, uh, uh, how does it feel? Like uh, you, you're like that fat guy in Hollywood, right? You're like that fat guy in Hollywood. He's like, can we ask the next question? He said, well, I'm just asking this because in Hollywood you were the fat guy. Now you're the skinny guy. But you're still the fat guy. Does that help your career? And you can tell he's getting irritated, right? And I think he went to Jimmy Kimmel, and Jimmy Kimmel's like, wow, you actually smell very good. And he says, why would you ask that question? Says, I just didn't see you as somebody that would smell very good. Why not? And he's not being funny. He's actually being irritated. Mm -hmm. He's like, dude, what are you doing? So uh, uh, when you see him uh, going through what he's going through, and you, you've, you know, you've recreated yourself, does that hurt the brand? Because, hey, who's the best guy that we can get that can play X, Y, Z? It's Jonah. Okay, let's get him. Who's the best guy? That, oh, now we got to. Does it hurt the brand to position the actor in a role that maybe would have worked when he was not in shape instead of being in shape? Typecasting, essentially. Does it hurt Jonah's brand or Does, did it hurt my brand? Both of you. I mean, I, I don't think it. I don't think it hurt Jonah's brand. Jonah is a very, very funny person. He's very witty. He's written a lot of the stuff that he's done. So that's a whole other universe from what I do. I, I don't do that. I don't create material for myself. Which, you know, if I was capable of doing that, maybe I'd have a much better career than I do. I'm very happy with my career. But you know what I mean? Like Jonah Hill's clearly on a, a much higher level than I'm on. So I don't think it's hurt. Jonah's brand at all. Um, and if you see him now, he's so happy. Oh my like, God. His, happy his happiness infects me. I look at him and I know there were there was a rough patch yeah. there, right? And and I think it's, Jonah I think, I, and, and I don't know, we haven't talked, I, he's a buddy of mine too. We haven't talked that specifically about this, but it's got, he, something has washed over him and he has let go of something and he doesn't give a fuck anymore the media's out there trying to you know the media does shit where they try you know like they did it to me too um now they're nice to him but there's a minute where you lose weight and they just want to criticize you and say like you're not going to get work or here's the downside look at his loose skin look at all these negative stuff and they were doing that to him a little bit and he just said fuck you i don't care and 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 he radiates inner peace and happiness now. Like it's it's marvelous. For me, yeah, it's 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 affected my career a little bit. I just had a movie out, in, uh, you know, um, a couple weeks ago called Dog, which I'm super happy. Yeah, I saw with. that. Yeah, yeah it's a good congratulations. Movie. Yeah. Thank you. So it, it hasn't kicked me out of Hollywood at all, but 
you know, I also I also can look at my my movie career prior to doing television and going like, well, doing television might have affected my movie career. You know what I mean? And I'd lost a sizable amount of weight at that point. Doing television is it is it a, is it a different? It, it, okay, so what's 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 a promotion in your world? Is it uh, feature or is it having a television show that stays for three, four, five, six years? What's well? What? I, I'll, pu- I'll <coughs> just put it to you this way: the most money I ever got paid for a movie was a movie called Mister Woodcock, which wasn't a huge hit, but it was a it was a fun movie. And the next thing I did was television, and I did television for five years. And you know, if you if you do a television show for seven months straight, you want to take those five months off. You don't want to go and do another movie. So I'm going. Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. So they're coming banging to me. a teacher or something. What was that? What was that whole thing about? He 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 was the the mean PE coach okay. that then starts hooking up with one of the moms. Right. And um, you know, not Stifler's mom, but uh, right, Stifler's mom. Yeah, but exactly. It's not Stifler in that right. movie. Um, coming out of My Name is Earl, My Name is Earl ends. I've not done a movie in a few years. And now I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. let's go do movies again. And movies were kind of like, well, we, you're a TV guy now, you know? And so then it was doing pilots and, and more TV series. So, uh, you know, I can't say it's only weight loss that mm-hmm. has, you know what I mean? Yeah. So this paid you the most? M- most. Till today. Of any movie I've of ever done. Of any gotten. movie. Yeah. This paid you the most. Mm-hmm. Wow. What was your role in this movie? Can you pull up? Um, I played his best friend, and, and me and uh, him were, uh, you know, trying to track down dirt on uh, right. Woodcock to, to break up him and his mom. But see, I wasn't. It, I wasn't. I wasn't at that point as big as I was in Remember the Titans. Not even no, close. not even close. No, not even close. You. Uh, what what do you weigh there? No, you're you're small Probably there. Probably three hundred pounds there. Wow. Well, back to the Jonah Hill thing about I, I think there's there, there's a part and even with your situation there's a part of I think just the human condition. I don't know if it's Hollywood, but when you're so used to something and you change, you're like, oh no, that's, that's not who you are. You're the fat guy. What do you what are, what are you doing? Right. Right. You know. Hey, but, you're, but you're I on think, TV, buddy. What do you, you right? Got a movie. Exactly. Like, there's, like, there's part of that. Once you do TV and it's like it's a successful TV show, people are like, no, you're that character, right? When you're doing movie after Mm -hmm. movie, especially me, where I'm not a leading man, so I'm not the guy in the movie. You know, Denzel Washington, people probably have some sense of, I know who Denzel Washington is, right? He's this guy, right? And if he suddenly did a sitcom, people would be like, what the fuck is Denzel Washington doing? He's not a sitcom guy, you know, where he's playing like the goofy dad. People would be freaked out. I would be freaked out. Yeah, Yeah. so would I. Um, And so TV people, you you know, the the other difference that was explained to me once was like um, Brad Pitt, I believe, and I could be totally off here, Brad Pitt was talking to Johnny Galecki. Johnny Galecki was on Roseanne and then um, that math sitcom. I'm blanking on what it's Big called. Bang Big Theory, Bang right? Theory. Yeah. Blonde dude. No, he's got... Oh, no, no, the glasses. He yeah. was, uh, okay, he was Darcy's uh, boy, husband or brother, so Roseanne. Johnny Galecki had a $100 million contract on that show. He was making a fortune and and... Brad Pitt said to him, yeah, the difference between you and me is you're inside their house every week. You're Mm -hmm. in their living room. I'm in a movie theater. So 
people are not coming up to me going, hey, like people actually think they know you when you're on TV versus when you're a movie mm. star, there's some separation. You got to go and, and it might be changing now. Difference. Very interesting. It might be changing yeah. now because a lot of these <clears throat> movies are in the house too immediately, mm -hmm. right? But it's also not serialized. So it's like, this is it. This is the movie. You don't get a, an episode two through possibly 100 of a movie. Right, but when you're when you're you kind of talked about like you're that guy, you're that. I mean, a lot of people in Hollywood or even in, in TV struggle with that. I mean, like Dustin Diamond, no matter what role he ever did, that was Screech. Yeah, straight up. Mario Lopez, who uh, hosted one of uh, Pat's um, big events, Mario's been able to navigate. He's not AC Slater when you see that guy. Still, no, he's everywhere. He's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, you I, turn on I a hotel. Mario hotel. I was yeah, about exactly. to say hotel. Yeah. He's no, everywhere. And, and the way my career started in movies, I was in American History X and yeah. then Remember the Titans and then Blow. Those are three very, very different mm. characters, right? right? And so you're not, I'm, I'm massive in all of them, but you're not pigeonholing me into, oh, I know everything about that guy because then the next week I'm doing something completely different or mm -hmm. the next. So what, what what do they say when they see you? Like was it different based on different movies that were out? Like when yeah. people would see you in public, what would it, what would they say? It, it really is. Uh, it it depends on their age and what they're into. Was, was there an, ever a person that was upset with you because who you were in a movie, a role you played in a movie? I have had a. You few, know what I'm asking? Yeah, like I it. have had a few people upset with uh, American History X and offended by it and I'm I'm kind of perplexed because I think American History X was actually an important movie and and painted no ending. oh yeah yeah painted a real picture of stuff that happened especially you from Los Angeles mm -hmm. you know Orange County in the 90s was a scary place mm -hmm. there were some bad dudes down there that stuff existed I don't think it really exists like that as we portrayed it I mean I'm sure there are pockets in America but there were, it was easy to go down to Orange County and find some racist skinheads in the 80s yeah. or the 90s. Not so easy now, um, but like it was important in that way. And so to have somebody just like, the language was bad, you guys were so evil, I can't believe you did that, it, it confuses me. Yeah, th that, that's, that's kind of how I process it. Like somebody comes, oh, you, you know what, you, you did this. And because emotionally you're connected in movie, you're like, yeah. I can't believe you killed them in a think, movie. Do you think that's more related to TV shows, though, or movies? But people don't seem to have a problem with any of the TV shows I've done. Really interesting. Yeah. But it, is that also due to the characters? Because I know, for instance, there are certain characters, like you mentioned, in the TV shows where they're in the, in the living room week after week, year after year, in many cases, and stuff like that, where... There's TV shows where I think of a bad guy, and that's all I see him as. Even yeah. when you see him in a movie in a different in a different role, you're like, no, you're that dirtbag from that from that TV show. Yeah. And I think that given that you're in there longer and you're playing that role as opposed to a movie where you're a bad guy for two hours and then I go on with my life, maybe that could be more of an offset as opposed to the TV show. I've the I've played so few bad guys. Yeah. I've played really like one. I'm trying to rack my brain. I Other than American history. Yeah, like, I don't yeah. think there's another one that I've done where I've been like a real yeah. legit bad guy. Is that by choice or is that by casting? I, I have nothing against playing a bad guy. I just haven't had many opportunities. Well, I'm, a, I'm a, a sweet guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, see guy. Guy. Yeah. they don't see you as a... Louis Elastic, baby. But, You're yeah. bringing the team two, together. Two things I want to ask before we... before we uh, some, you know, One of them has to do with... Uh, uh, where you're at. One is, uh, are you following the Disney story? What's going on with Disney? 
very loosely. I okay. personally don't watch or pay attention to the news at all. I'll read some articles, but I, I, I think I have an understanding of it. By the way, Disney's been canceled so many times by so many groups over the years. It's just like some people are mad at Disney now. Okay. It's a, what you're saying is it's constant. That happens constantly. They're constantly being canceled. It's just not the first time in my lifetime of being aware of Disney that there's been a group pissed off at Disney. This is slightly <laughs> different, though. This is slightly different because, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, Charlie Cora. Did you see the story with Charlie Cora? Uh, Disney uh, airs yeah. and high school teacher comes out as trans, slams Florida education law. Uh, you know, the great grandchild of the late Roy Disney, who co-founded Disney with the younger brother, Walt, has come out as transgender, is going to on the attack against Florida's uh, parental rights and education law. Cora said that LGBTQ people already face uh, rates of depression, anxiety, bullying, and suicide. They put then put aside uh, uh, something like that as a law. They can't uh, learn about our community and their history or play sports or use bathroom they want to use. The claim is not entirely true. The education bill only prevents Florida children, da-da-da-da-da. So, you know, it, you said something interesting. You said back in the days it was them trying to silence uh, uh, you know, uh, what group were you talking on the right, about? People the on the right. People on the right. The skinhead? Not skinhead. It was Satanist. 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 Yeah, Satanist. Yeah. And then today now is this, the extremes being on both sides. But uh, uh, I think the pendulum swings, man. I think, I think it's swung radically left. And unfortunately, it's going to swing radically right. Yeah. Probably. And so for me, I don't find that I really can get down with either of those extreme sides i'm i'm a guy who's just like i'm interested in people mm -hmm. i find people fascinating i'm interested in the solutions people have and i'm interested in all of it i, I don't want to like discount anybody but but this this whole thing over this law in florida i i read the law the law is not saying what they're saying the law is saying for mm -hmm. me I don't want kids, I, I mean, it doesn't seem like an opportune time to teach kids about sexuality from kindergarten to third grade. That's mm -hmm. my perception on kids. So the idea of not teaching them that, not informing them on things like that, especially I think that should be the job of the parents. I, I, so I don't understand why they're so freaked out about it. By the way, there's nowhere in the bill that it says don't say gay. Nowhere in the bill. Yeah, that's just called great marketing. But but one of the things that uh, one of the, did you want to say something? I was going to say you, you brought up yesterday the pendulum swings. And yeah, we're bringing about today. I think that is America. I mean, not not even just politically, societally, everything just comes down to. I mean, think about it. Since 1980, we've had Reagan, but and then, and then Bush. Never, pendulum's never gone right with Disney. No, Ever. I'm not even saying Disney. No, I'm no, saying no, I'm no. saying public opinion. Then you go to Bill Clinton, and then you go to yeah. back to Bush, and then you go to Obama, and then you go no, to Trump. Look, and Disney, then you go, like that's America. And then we're just constantly grappling yeah. with used what to, the center of gravity is. The, the cartoonists in Disney used to put dicks in the cartoons. The Little Mermaid. And the, On the, the you're talking about the box? Yeah, and the box of Little Mermaid cover. That's what you're talking about? But but what it was in the actual stills they would hide in the cartoons themselves <laughs> they would hide phalluses and graphic stuff in all of this um and and they've removed a lot of it. it's not just that you yeah. can like look for 
instances of um, graphic images in Disney cartoons. I what think the hell that, is that all about? Well, I'm just saying there were times where religious groups were furious with Disney about this. Well, I, I'm just a normal person, not religious. Why are you hiding dicks? I, I, it's just not the first time people have been bent out of shape about what Disney... And then there were there was a time where... You know, I don't think this is true. Yeah, right there. I mean, that is a, clearly a... A cock and balls. Okay. <laughs> um, but what, what, And the Little Mermaid. I remember... On the cover of the Little Mermaid. I remember Someone behind the scenes is basically saying, I'm trying to ruin really, kids' lives. Or I, obviously, it impacted Adam's life. When, I'm just saying, I, I remember thinking Ariel was pretty hot. People and then there was a dick very in the angry with Disney. The left was angry with Disney because he wasn't unionizing his workers. So there was a time period where Disney was... Perceived as the right, but that's different. But that's uh, anger from the left. No, I don't. I don't know about that. I think that's different because, and of course, I know the story. I've been to the San Francisco Disney Museum that they have. I don't know if you've been there. It's pretty sick. It's sick. I mean, it's app. If you ever go to San Fran, you have to go to the Disney Museum. It's got a lot of good stuff there. But that's different. Didn't they call Walt Disney a Nazi or a Nazi sympathizer and stuff like everything? But that's from the left. I know. I know. But what I'm saying is, there's a difference between. The, they're always going to target the guy at the top of any company. That's That comes with the territory, bro. If you're going to make a lot of money, you're going to have power, you're going to have influence, shit's going to be talked about you. This is trying to influence kids. This is different. This is the CEO saying 50% of the characters are going to be dot, dot, dot. That, that, that's influencing the kids in a, in a way that scares the crap out of parents on both sides. I don't think it's political anymore because I think – Regardless of you're a Democrat, Libertarian, Independent, Republican, you're a parent first if you got kids. And you got four kids. I got four kids. So we, we look at it from a different perspective. And the Florida bill says third grade. And I'm like, dude, what third grade? You shouldn't do it till high school. What we, I don't care if it's fourth grade. You mean to tell me fourth grade is okay? Right. Anyways, when I, is yeah. sex ed yeah. taught? Teach it, it then. Health and guidance. Go right. talk uh, is that That's sixth or Tenth eighth grade? grade. Well, that was seventh, seventh grade There's in two Norway, levels. So. Yeah, there's... Yeah, so the, the the banana and the 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 condom, and then you got the help so and guidance. I, I don't know why it's being discussed before that. To be honest, I'm, with you. we're on the same page here. I, I don't disagree with you. And, and by the way, this next story until maybe we'll take a caller, uh, uh, John. If we have any callers, let me know if we do have call. Okay, good. So we got a uh, a story comes out, um, which is pretty interesting on who's going to be challenging. Um, so Mike uh, Mick uh, Mulvaney says Ron DeSantis, Tim Scott, and Dwayne Johnson could seriously challenge Trump, Dwayne Johnson, Trump in 2024. This is an insider story. Former acting White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney thinks just three people could seriously challenge Trump in 2024. Florida Governor DeSantis could give him a run for his money. South Carolina Tim Scott, uh, Senator Tim Scott can give him a run for his money, as well as Dwayne Johnson could give him a run for his money. It's a short list. By the way, there's one other person who could beat him, which is myself. Himself. Donald Trump is, yeah, myself, himself. That's what he's talking about. Donald Trump is sometimes his own worst enemy when it comes down to campaigning. So, but I mean, my main part with this story isn't Trump. It's Dwayne, Hollywood, running. Um, can you see, you know, Rock running for office and being a president? Can you see something like that happening sometime? I, I couldn't see Trump doing it. So I think after Trump yeah, did everybody. it, everyone, I think anybody, <laughs> Oprah could be president, you know, Musk can be, pre- you it can does, be president. You can be president. For right. me, it, it's just like. Who would you like to see be president? If you're like, would you see Musk be president? And if he could, would you, I'm, I'm not talking about like, I'm not asking questions like Hillary Clinton or I'm not talking a political. Who would you there, like? You? There's a meme. Maybe you could pull it up. Vote for nobody. This is this is my political philosophy to a T, one hundred percent. 
Um, and 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 this is this is what I believe is the way to the best future. That's it. Vote for nobody. Nobody, nobody will keep election promises. Nobody will listen to your concerns. Nobody will help the poor and unemployed. Nobody cares. Nobody tells the truth. That is the who, nobody part. That is who I'm voting for. <laughs> Sounds like uh, give government less power. You know. I like that. I kind of like. You that. know who's going to line up and vote for that party? Nobody. I am. <laughs> Just you. That's who I'm voting for. That's you know where it. you vote All for right. that party in your in your house. You don't leave <laughs> your house. John, if you got any callers, let's get a couple callers here. I think you, you said you got a few lined up. Yeah, we have Alex on the phone. Alex, how are you? Oh man, what's going on, Mr. PBD? How you doing, man? I'm, I'm doing good, man. So, what's your question? What's your question for our friend here? All right, so uh, a couple things. Ethan, man, I loved you, and uh, remember the Titans, man. I know people probably give you a lot of, uh, you know, uh, gusts about that, man, but I just want to tell you, man, you're still one of my favorite actors out there, both on and off the screen. Um, One of the things I wanted to ask you personally this morning was, um, what was your greatest psychological obstacle that you felt you had to overcome in order to encourage um, the transformation that you underwent? You know, I, I started out, and it's possible because I had so many failures that I was convinced that I would fail. And I think that there's that entering into anything, believing that you'll fail, is a is a disaster. It's a path to failure. So it was really kind of turning my perspective around and 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 building small victories and ultimately having belief that I could succeed. Awesome, great question, John. Let's go to the next caller. Who was it that said he who thinks he can and he who thinks he can't is usually right? Is right. Mm. As a man think it. Isn't yeah. that as a man think it? I think that's the author. All right, that's we, have, our, uh, we have Aaron on the phone. Aaron, how you doing? Good. How are you guys, man? I'm good. So what's on your mind? Um, yeah, so just uh, coming from somebody who's uh, in their early 20s, um, I also went like kind of through a transformation. I lost uh, more than 100 pounds. And uh, I'm just wondering how... Like, what advice would you give somebody um, in their early 20s, Ethan, to kind of, like, prevent them from developing those bad habits again and just, like, staying focused and just, you know, like keep pushing it through, I guess? Yeah, so this is, this is great, and I love this because this is what I think about more than anything. For me, time and time again, I had a goal. I want to lose X amount of pounds. I lose X amount of pounds, and then my goal is over, and then I gain weight again because I am programmed to gain weight. So how do I unprogram myself? And really it's about having the goal be maintenance. And maintenance, eating within a zone where you're neither going to gain nor lose weight is much harder because it's, it's, it's teaching yourself basically how to eat. And that's the thing that I've worked on more than anything else. Because for me, losing weight is not that hard. I eat a little bit less. It might be miserable for a very short period. And then it's over. And then I eat whatever I want and I gain weight again. And it's like, how do we get out of that? So it's really having the goal be, I don't want to be morbidly obese ever again. Okay, how do I do that? And then I can get more and more and more specific. But setting these very long-term goals rather than just I'm going to concentrate on this 100 pounds. Because once you're done with the 100 pounds, you've crossed the finish line. You're no longer doing it, and you're just going to be doing what you were doing before that got you to the place where you needed to lose 100 pounds. Do you like being this guy? Like, Meaning people can ask you about Hollywood movie stuff all day, but people are really fascinated by your transformation, your weight loss. Do you, do you, do you relish that Dude, this is why people want to talk to you? I, I, I love anything that keeps me accountable. 
anything. So I want to talk wow. about weight loss as much as possible because <clears throat> I've lost 100 pounds mm -hmm. four times. I've lost 200 pounds multiple times, and then I've gained it back. And it's fucking mind-shattering and destroying to wake up one day and realize I had gotten there yeah. and I went back. And so I never want to go back again. And as much as I can talk about it, I'm happy to. When's the last time you were like 300 plus or at a weight? You're just like, I do not like myself Two, right now. 2000, 2017 or 18. This is pretty recent. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've maintained this for four years That's now. pretty solid though. For four Keep years. Keep it up, bro. It. Yeah. We're going to hold you accountable. Solid. We're yes, going to have you please, back on. You, you better be fucking looking great. Thank you. <laughs> uh, real quick. Alentino asked a question in the chat. Um, what do you think of Johnny Depp? And, and the fact that he's on trial right now. Do you have any thoughts about that? I really liked Johnny Depp when I worked with him. I, 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 that was also over 20, probably 25 or 26 in years blow. ago. In blow? Yeah, in yeah. blow. And, and he was a real sweetheart. I, I, I just, the thing, the whole thing makes me he sad. Seems, he seems like a great guy. And he's lost all his roles with Disney over this. And he loved being a part of Disney movies. Alice in Wonderland, Pirates of the Caribbean. And they've ripped him out of everything because of this this trial yeah and it seems like he's just getting absolutely screwed over nothing yeah i i it makes me very sad i, I don't know what to say beyond that i, I don't know the details by the way all. you know what um johnny depp and elon musk have in common they both were married or dated the same girl right. amber heard right same Those time two, I, mate i think i think she went from johnny to elon musk like that it was close to the same yeah time. Right. I don't know what's going on in the water with this chick Amber Heard, but yeah. we have one more call. She's John. doing some some magic on men. Yeah. Go for it, John. You're live. Oh, okay. Hey, Pat. How you doing, John? I'm doing astonishing. I'm at work right now. I uh, love it. What's the on your mind? Question I have for you is: uh, Is this offer that Elon is making to Twitter to buy out the whole company with a, a, an astonishing premium? Uh, is that too good to resist? And with Bezos owning um, Washington Post, does Elon go for like New York Times next? You know, not like CNN. CNN, I don't, I don't think is very uh, redeemable at this point, even with Elon at the helm. Um, but New York Times, I think, would be an opportunity for yeah. Elon to, to capture. I, the, the, for them to let uh, them buy New York Times, I don't think he would do New York Times because I don't think that excites him. I don't think it's fast enough for him. I think New York Times is slow and it's a little older, although I think he should buy New York Times if it goes for sale. Just to add it to his, uh, uh, you know, portfolio of companies he's owning. Uh, the question you got to ask is the following. Here's the question you got to ask: When he makes an offer like that, people wake up this morning. I just made an offer. You know, people make an offer to buy a baseball card. People make an offer to buy a car or a house. This guy makes an offer to buy a freaking company, right? Okay, it's what I'm. Good morning. Here's an offer. There's going to be three people in that boardroom and the company. There's going to be those who are going to be like, "Hell yeah, I want the money. We're good. Do it." Okay, then there's going to be those in the middle that are actually processing this decision and they're not processing it from a negative place or a positive place. They're just saying, what does this look like? Let's negotiate the terms, right? They're actually coming from a place of, I want to hear both sides of the story. Very, you know, independent kind of thinking. But you have to ask the question, who does not want Elon to buy this? Do you think the existing CEO wants Elon to buy this? I say hell to the no. Do you think the media wants Elon to buy this? You know the answer to that question. Do you think everybody in the government wants Elon to buy this? Of course not. Every time the company, the government has meetings with EV CEOs, there's only one EV CEO they don't invite. 
And it's the guy who created the trend of electrical vehicles, Elon Musk. And, oh, he's not invited. We missed him on the list. How the hell does that make any sense? <laughs> it's like saying, let's recognize the top 50 greatest basketball players of all time, and you don't invite Michael Jordan. What happened there? I, you know, we just kind of figured we bring everybody else but Mike. So, yeah, you got to ask the question on this deal getting done or not. I trust capitalism because I think the people in the middle will tilt to the right. The people on the right that are like, I'm just doing a business deal. Yeah, let's take 40%. This is a no-brainer. I'm in. It's, you got to ask who does not want to see this happen and how much influence are they going to have and how many games are they going to play to make sure Elon doesn't end up buying Twitter. That's my biggest concern. Yes. Uh, real quick, got a $20 super chat, uh, Passion Planet. Uh, Ethan, what did you learn from the character Seth? From the character Seth? Um, uh, In what movie was this? American History X. Oh, gotcha. I, you know... I learned, okay, here, here, here's the honest truth. I went into it with an idea of making this guy uh, a cartoon and a caricature, and I learned that I was probably better off making him a human being. He's still a little bit cartoonish because people can be cartoonish, but I, I felt like at the end of the day, I wanted him to have some humanity, and that could be a bummer to people, but I, I think that in portraying anybody, even if you go into it knowing, like, this is a guy that lines up polar opposite to me he's still a person and so that was really the lesson i took away from that i i've seen that movie i don't know how many times it's mm -hmm. one of the i mean acting beginning you i mean everybody in that movie was like the father the the, the table you know when they're having the dinner or whatever that was and he gives this eight nine minute monologue and he goes Ed off Norton, and right? the scene on the sidewalk with the street the, oh the side the brother the in mouth. the bathroom the ending of the movie where you're crushed as a viewer it's a it's an it's an incredibly profound movie with a message that kind of like oh that's right that's right like like oh yeah. shit that could also happen that's what I like about the movie because it's screwing up with both sides. Everybody's kind of confused by the time the movie's done yeah. and everybody's held accountable by the time it's movie's done. Uh, uh, very good movie. Where's Ed Norton these days? What's he doing? I just did a movie that he directed a few years ago called Motherless Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. He's around. He's still doing his thing. Yeah. Yeah, but he's not as seen as much anymore. Is that purposeful? I think that's intentional. Really? Why is it? Yeah. I have no idea. Okay. I have no idea, but he could do whatever he Dude, wants. Dude, you're to do. in like Pat started the episode off with all the names, right? Johnny Depp, Matthew McConaughey, well, Leonardo DiCaprio, in Denzel. Fairness, I don't know that I ever met Matthew McConaughey. Okay, forget about McConaughey, whatever, <laughs> yeah. but the names are ridiculous. Okay, Ed Norton. I mean, at, at any point, are, do you just like pinch yourself and be like, "Dude, I get to work with the greatest fucking actors of our generation." I pinch myself when I'm with my kids and my wife. And I have this life that truly feels like a fairy tale to me. Like, I'm not kidding. I, there was a point in my life when I was a teenager where I thought, like, what do you really want? And it'd be a wife and kids. And I'd go like, yeah, that's never going to happen. That's impossible to find somebody that really loves you, to have a relationship that's meaningful, to create children and watch them grow. And, and that, for me, honestly is when I pinch myself and go, check me out. Holy wow. shit, look what I did. That's I can't awesome. believe it. That's awesome. How you that same kids? feeling, by the way, oh, as yeah, a father? No, bro. You know what's crazy? This week, we were at with Joe for those couple days, and then we ran it at Foxborough, and I'm hanging out with Patriots players, and I'm having my 97 of my executives over there. We're watching Man in the Arena. Every episode we watched together for two days, and then we had Patriot players come, including Tom's, one of his uh, managers, and they talked about what it was like to create that kind of a culture. Mm-hmm. 
Do you know the entire time what I was thinking about? I was thinking about coming home and seeing Dylan and seeing uh, Tico and Senna in Brooklyn. It's crazy. It's, there's a unique feeling with family. Yeah. And, and by the way, you know, when you're saying like, how's it feel knowing you've acted with all these other guys? There's 50 million actors in the world that would love to have had the career that you've had, bro. You've, you've had a ridiculous career. And not one year, not two years, not three years, not five years. How many years? Almost 30? 30 years. Dude, that's yeah. crazy to be able to say that. You're 46, 36, 60. What was the first gig you did? What was the first, first big movie you did? Early, uh, first movie? Mallrats. Which, which was Kevin not, Smith, uh, not a guys. hit, but then became like the most rented movie at Blockbuster for yeah. a while. Like it, it became same guys big. that did Clerks yeah. and uh, the whole saga that they they did. Yeah, Silent Bob and uh, Jay and Silent Bob, those guys. Yeah, that movie's thirty years yeah. old. Well, very cool, man. This has been great having you on, brother. This was fantastic. Learning about you, learning about your story, uh, and where you're at today. You are an inspiration. I saw a video of you on men's fitness with nine and a half, 10 million views, you're literally inspiring tens of millions of people. That's very, very, because, you know, we had uh, uh, David Berlinski here yesterday, and I said, what, what, how do you describe to your son what it is to be a man? Like, what is it? What is the purpose of a man's life? And he gave, you know, his example of you should be like your grandfather because his grandfather was like a, a legend. Fought Nazis. Yeah, he was like, a, he was a man's man. But I think a, a part of life as a man, human being, is to inspire others who are going through challenging times that don't think there is any way to get out of it. And you're like almost in a spider web and you're stuck and you're trying. It's like that nightmare you have where you're trying to run and a bad guy's chasing you. You just can't move. You're like stuck like this. And some people are living that in their real life. And a guy like you is inspiring, literally. Tens of millions of people, props to you. Of course, you got an incredible resume, beautiful family that you built, and what you're doing with your family, uh, uh, you do, the last few sentiments you gave about that and having worked with a lot of different guys in the industry. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we somehow, some way, we want to inspire others to also, you know, do something with their lives just like we did. You're doing that. Thank it's, you. it's powerful. It's powerful. Brother, great having you on the podcast. My uh, pleasure. Thanks for, for having me. Yeah, this was a blast. Folks, I don't know when, when is our, do, are we doing something next Tuesday or no? So next Tuesday, I'm uh, gone all you're week. You're out of town. You're out of town all next week. Oh, shoot. Okay. Friday, so. we may have Joe Rogan's buddy. Yeah. Oh, uh, Tony. Tony. Oh, man, I had such a good Tony time. Tony Hinchcliffe? Them. Yeah, he yeah. is hilarious. I was, dude, I saw, I almost, let me tell you, I, I'll tell you one story. I Literally, I'm watching Tony perform, mm -hmm. and Joe got us tickets front run. I'm sitting there, I'm like, Tony tells a joke. He says, you know, I get a, I get a, uh, uh, the other day, um, one of my good friends was very disappointed and he calls me, he was upset. I said, what's that? He says, man, I'm not going to lie to you. You know, I found out my wife and I were expecting a kid and it's going to be a girl and I'm heartbroken because I wanted a boy. He says, really? He says, yeah. He says, don't worry. Nowadays, just be patient. She may end up being a boy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hilarious. Oh my God, this guy's <laughs> funny. Patient, like, buddy. he was unreal yeah. on how good he was. So, maybe we'll have him with him uh, on Friday. Right. And then. But well, we are not we, here next week. You're out of town. Seriously. I, had no, I know I'm out of town. I just didn't know. We're not doing nothing yeah, next maybe week. Maybe okay. Friday. Well, with listen, Tony. I'll show you one thing here that we got since we're not going to be with you. I got so many things I want to talk to the guys about. We, we have so many topics. YouTube, we just got for this channel. Of course, we have this for. We have a hundred thousand thing for like five other channels. We yeah. have one with three million, but we just got one for the podcast, mm -hmm. which is all because of you guys. We just crossed a hundred thousand for the pod. 
No, we crossed it a year we're ago. We're at 187. Yeah. YouTube's running late. You know what we should do? Here's what we should do. Maybe, maybe we do something like if we uh, let's put a timeline. When we get to 250, we invite a couple of the listeners to the podcast to come awesome. and join us with the guests that we're going to have. Maybe we'll announce that on the next time. But this wouldn't happen without you guys. Obviously, Adam, you've been on a lot of these podcasts. Every guest, every co-host we've had, everybody that we've had on. It's a help with all those folks that have worked together on helping the podcast and the guys in the back. But we got a couple other things that just came in. I think Adam got a gift. Did oh, we open Jesus. up this? I don't know. I don't even know what this is. They just brought. Do you know what it is? No, I have zero clue. All right, let me see what this I is can't from even the it. from the desk of DJ Anthony. Uh, let me see what this is. So, oh, oh, oh! You got a certificate of completion. What is this thing here? Uh, hey, Pat, or whoever's reading this, you recently asked on one of your shows for viewers to send in something for the new studio and its shelving. Uh, I thought a nice certificate would go on the display shelving. The best part is you can choose who receives the Soy Boy Award. <laughs> Duh. You know who's getting this. Anyways, great show. You and your crew are an inspiration, and not because of money, but because of your friendship and family continued success. Oh, check out my YouTube channel, too. Wellness Week. Well, thank you for this. He sent this out. I think this, obviously, certificate publicly, Adam, goes to you. This Congratulations. Wow. Soy, Soy Boy, Boy Extraordinaire, DJ Anthony. Respect you know, to you, How many bro. people... Achieving full just think about just think about the level of enlightenment. <laughs> How many people woke up today, went to work, yeah. and they got a certificate for soy boy stuff? Not a lot of them. Yeah. Actually, you're I part mean, of an elite community. A lot of, a lot of employees of at fast food restaurants are the employee of the week, employee of the month. I'm the soy boy of the year. I am still curious to know who gave that comment of him being we'll a soy boy. It. Because they started something bigger than they them. They did. And what's anyway, crazy. I had high expectations for this episode, and I think we exceeded those Let me just with Ethan. Respect one. to you, bro. I like I how you, you were just were changed say, the I subject. I thought it was going to go so well. And, and then, oh my God. Yeah. No. It so, the Decentral Boys, Decentral Boys are artists who love creating fun, which you invite Tim and the PBD podcast. Our fans are your dedication, entrepreneurship, and goal setting, and making dreams become a reality is a true inspiration. To us, we were on one casual trading cards. We're thrilled to see your passion for collecting cards. Yes, as fans, we are the center of the limits of your custom trading cards as a gift. Custom trading cards as a gift. Okay. Not, I have no clue what this is, by the way. And the guys told me you got to do this on camera. Mm -hmm. Not only did we print out actual PBD trading cards, but we actually no minted them as NFTs <laughs> on the blockchain on OpenSea. Oh on our own account, the QR code on the back of each trading card will direct you to the webpage of each individual NFT if you choose. To claim your free NFT each card, you can simply reach out to them somewhere else. Okay, all right, let's see what this is. That's pretty sick. I said, what we got here, man? I'm a, a, do you collect cards or no? No. Dude, I love cards, like crazy cards. All right, let's see what this is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. How do I open this? Oh, that picture just looks... Oh my, you guys. Is it you playing baseball? Dude, but I've never played organized baseball. These guys are just, they know I collect cards. How do you open this thing? Can can you open? Okay, there we go. Is it a Juan Gonzalez right. rookie oh card? Oh my God. Look at this shit. <laughs> <laughs> PBD looking like Ty Cobb over here. Amazing. Look at this. Like, I'm, a, I'm this? a Formula One. This They graded this stuff. Oh, this is an error. Value tame and PBD entrepreneur, and it's an NFT. It's literally NFT. Okay, we got a few of them. Unbelievable. Look at this one here. I look like uh, 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 that. that uh, man, this is Mickey Mouse. Oh, look at looking yeah. like Senna right here. This is something for itself. Well, first of all, Toshi and the boys, you guys are freaking sick. This is awesome. This is ridiculous. I love this gift. That's Thank so you guys. Sick. Much love to you guys. And we are definitely going to go out there and uh, uh, look at the QR code and claim it. 
uh, 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 Tyler, can you put their handle uh, in the comment section so people can find them? The Central Boys, like Central, the Central, Central, Boys with a Z. Boys with a Z. The Central Boys is their Instagram account uh, and their Twitter account. Fellas, thank you for this. Appreciate you. Freaking sick. Sick gifts Awesome. Today. I love it. You need gifts. Anyways. Uh, I, won't, I wasn't going to do it today with you because this was about you. I, I normally wouldn't open up a gift with a guest, but we're not here next week, so we're kind of doing this today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had a blast. Gang, we'll miss you next week. We may be together on Friday. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye.